at my dope. My dope. Cortez cookies cross the hardwood floor. Dipping through the alley, I made my escape. Didn't even get a chance to grab my Snoop Dogg tape. Man with no music, but happy cause free. Bailing fast as I can bail down 19th Street. I got my sacks in my pocket and at least a grand. Gold on my neck, my pistol's close in hand. I'm a dog pound gangster from the LBC. Remotely controlled by the... Welcome back, everybody, to Jeff versus the World Presents Hood Classics. This was supposed to be extra, but we are bringing this free to everybody because we have a special guest tonight. But before I bring in that special guest, let me bring in my co-host. What's going on, Shahid? Uh, is Chopped Cheese Twitter going to be cool with that song choice you picked? I mean, they're going to have to be at this point. It is what it is. Which, right. you, you, I think they'll be okay. But anyway, um, I got my man Cam here. Uh, what's going on, good sir? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. You know, hanging in there, best best as I can. That's good to hear. But let me just ask you a question before yes. you get going. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, it's it's not even so much a question; it's more an affirmation. Mm-hmm. Everything that I told you was going to happen happened. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. And then so, and then yeah. so, it got to a point where I was just like, you know what? I'm not even gonna keep telling him because he already said, yeah, this stuff was gonna happen. So it is what it is. Now I have Shahid telling me everything that's gonna happen, and it's happening. Yeah. So I'm uh, your old head. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess you. Yeah, y'all practically my old heads. So uh, yeah, that's what it is. But uh, tonight. We are doing 1990s Goodfellas. Uh, first and foremost, we can always just get it out of the room. The cast is phenomenal. Uh, you've seen many of these actors before, Robert De Niro, Pesci, and uh, Ray Liotta. Uh, first thoughts about your movie, Cam? Um, probably the first thing. I, I think the way that they cover time is really interesting. Um, you know, being that, for the most part, we're like older or at least in that exact same age range as the characters they were portraying for the majority of the movie. Like, it's interesting to go with those choices. Like, if Ray Liotta was a teenager, maybe the oldest 15 when you when you're earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. then you fast forward to 20 years later, like, he's our age. He's 34, 35, 36, you know? So um, that, that's kind of my first thing, like, watching them play um, and we're just now at that point in like these gangster movies, I guess, where everybody's like our age or kind of younger. And so it's really interesting to see that, um, like how people of our age range were responding to things at that time. That's kind of where I jumped off uh, for the movie this go around watching. What about you, Shahid? I laugh at the fact that one of the earlier portrayals of them is kind of like, you know, Robert De Niro's characters, the old head. In, life, in real life, him and Joe Pesci the same age. And they have child actors playing Ray Liotta's character and Joe Pesci's character. And then they grow up. And Robert De Niro was like, all right, we'll throw some black in his hair. All right, we'll throw some gray in his hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that did uh, stick out to me. But I got a question for y'all. How the fuck old was Paulie supposed to be, though? Yeah. Oh, oh. He had that mean <sighs> gene thing, like you hit a certain age and then you stop. Okay, because I was like, they kind of told everybody's age except his. You just knew he was, you know, he was the top guy at that time when they, they were kids that they, they, they looked up to. Yeah. The main way they they show how people age was like hair or like dressing. 
like, you know, the style would change, hair would get a little grayer, people move a little bit slower, you know, clothes would change. But it's kind of like, it's funny where a lot of, th- it's town's a funny thing because it traveled, what, 30 years? It start in like the 50s and ends in the 80s. Yeah. And it kind of like jumps like it is a hard time, like sometimes keep track of like, you know, this happens, this happens, this happens. And you don't know how many years go by. And then next thing you know, like somebody was in jail for like a, a stretch. And then they just fast forward. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I just think that for as an MVP of the movie, I always feel like it always changes when I watch this movie. So this time I was really enjoying De Niro. And for some reason, I used to didn't. Like, I knew it was a good performance, and it was, you know, it is what it is. But this time around, I was just like, yeah, okay, because that first half of the movie, you're just thinking he is like, you know, he's one of the guys. But second half of the movie, he is almost as batshit insane (laughs) as Tommy is in the movie. I don't know about y'all who y'all thought, you know, stuck out this time or who always sticks out for you as an MVP. I would say for me, Pesci is because the movie kind of lose energy once he's gone. And then just think of this stretch before this, he did lethal weapon two. after this, he did home alone. Shit, I just about think home about alone. those three movies and how different the characters are. And it's kind of funny where before you would think like Joe Pesci is like a very underrated actor where it's like, he's, probably the most overqualified character actor of his generation where he's been a star of his own movies. He can like, if I say Joe Pesci, what do you think? You think gangster movies? Yeah. Yeah. That's the first you thing. Think, think comedy. Yeah. And it could be like serious comedy of like slapstick comedy. Like, you know, you watch lethal weapon two, he gets smacked around by South Africans and pissing off Raisin Murtaugh. You watch home alone. That's a Bugs Bunny movie. So imagine watching those and then watching this. Yeah, Pesci doesn't get the uh, love that he should get, I guess, you know, as far as that goes, you know, because he's, he's his catalog is deep and it's just not gangster movies. I just think those are the type of movies that people would just jump to first, especially, you know, film people who are really into film and stuff like that, because nobody gonna say, oh, the first movie I think about is Home Alone. Maybe a mom might say that, you know, somebody like that, but you're not gonna hear a man say that they're gonna jump to the gangster movies first. Uh, What about you, Cam? Yeah, I'm right there with Shahid. I think that, uh, <clears throat> like, Pesci in that movie, like, he's, I, I love when people use, like, the term kinetic, because that's what he is. Like, he is the movement in the movie. Um, when the movie's supposed to be funny, it's because of him. When the movie's supposed to be scary, it's because of him. When the movie's supposed to take a turn, it's because of him. He's very much the action in the movie. Um, I think that, you know, as somebody who's, like, such a big fan of Casino, there's really parallels between those two <laughs> characters that he plays in that um, like they didn't portray him as the less physical guy in either movie, but I do think in Casino you were meant to understand that he's smaller than everybody else, and so he meets everything with aggression as a result. In this movie, you're supposed to understand that he's the crazy one. Like, like it's not even, there aren't any guys bigger than any other guys in this movie. It's not about size, it's about willpower. And he's the one that has all of it. So you look at him, how he dealt with Spider. You look at how he dealt with Old Head that came home from the joint. You look at how he dealt with the heist. Like, it's literally all about, this is the action I need to take right now for me to sleep well. Um, And he just did that and did that and did that. 
and you believed every second of it. Um, just, just a force of nature in this movie. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's always hard to say who acted the best, but like who commanded the screen, it was absolutely him. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a different style because the Nero, the whole thing is kind of like a slow burn. Like he's simmering and then it just starts to like, you know, creep a little bit into first, I'm the coolest man in the room. I'm the only man that can kind of keep Tommy on the wraps to once Tommy's gone, just turn to paranoia. Like I'm just, yeah. but it's kind of like, it's not, it's a gradual thing. And it's, it's a, it's a equally excellent performance, but it's less showy. And why those performances stand out is because we haven't talked about the elephant in the room and yeah, Ray Liotta is, <laughs> we need to talk about this. And Cam is notorious for liking Casino more than Goodfellas. He's absolutely right. And I- yeah, I always say, for me, I'm kind of like, part of it's like, it's Casino gets a bad rap because it came out after Goodfellas. So mm-hmm. it's always going to be compared to Goodfellas, like, and it has, you know, two of the main characters. And Casino's even more sprawling and longer than Goodfellas is. I would say Casino has an advantage where it's not, it's no weak acting, there's no weak acting in the cast. Like, you, and Goodfellas, you have two people that kind of stand out where it's like, I don't say it's weak, it's just very Michael B. Jordan, it's like it's broad. Like, Ray Liotta's just kind of acting like he's just in a WWE ring. Like, very it's, it's just very extra, it's just extra. Like everything about it is just kind of like I need to get somebody at the rafters, and it's just noticeable because you're with the Nero and Pesci, who just kind of like I can act with my eyes, I can act with a look, and yeah, Ray, and it's and I just thought about this watching the movie. Like, has there been any movie where it's like Ray Liotta played a character that people liked? No, no. Um, all my all the movies that I really like that he's in, um, he's a absolute piece of garbage. Um. I, I, what jumps to mind? Uh, I think about how unhinged he was in uh, Copland, which I love. Um, I think about Observing Report, where he was a piece of shit cop. Like that—that's what he's meant to do. Unlawful Entry. He's a piece of shit cop, terrorizing mm-hmm. Kurt Russell. He—he he does that role very and well. If anybody plays, I'm on coke, and bad things are going to happen. Like it's him. Like he's absolutely—he plays like. Uh, What's the, what's the, I'm, I don't know why I'm losing the word. Uh, strung out. He plays strung out, paranoid, not a care in the world, but I have to find a way to put this together. Better than just about everybody. Like, whatever makeup they put on him for the, for the last act of that movie, where he's just pasty white and there's dark circles around his eyes and yeah. he's looking at everybody like somebody standing behind him. It's amazing. It's yeah. called the Roethlisberger. <laughs> I I think y'all right because I didn't enjoy him until the third act of the film when he was just coked out of his mind and <laughs> like him it's no because like that's the thing where him and Lorraine Bracco are carrying a large part of the movie and they're acting like they were relatively new when this movie came out and their acting is very showy and not necessarily in a good way like Lorraine Bracco's a bird <laughs> like she's a straight chicken head and she claiming it like she a chicken head looking down on other chicken heads because she got a better manicure yeah and she says i mean she even says like when i had the gun to my husband's head um i couldn't get mad because i was still very much attracted to him. like wait a minute what like is and notice she wasn't like 
I love him and I need my family to stay together. And these values are important to me and my mother, um, you know, being Jewish, we keep things together and stuff like that. No, it was none of that. It was, I'm, I want to fuck my husband. And so I'm going to let this infidelity and this criminality slide because I want to have sex with him specifically. Um, yeah, she was absolutely a bird and portrayed as a bird and looked down on the other women with their, with their cheap outfits and their bad perfume and that one lady with the giant mole. Oh, yeah, she hated the bitches. Oh, one but the funny thing is she turned into one of them. She was one of them pretty much that at the is, end. That, that is the, the, the subplot of the movie. Like, I was talking about, uh, remember, the Titans, uh, like, a day or two ago. And, like, this girl started arguing with me, and I let her know we're actually on the same page. But the, the plot of Remember the Titans is, of course, battling racism. But the thing they don't talk about that's very evident is... A lot of it was about Yost having to give up his Hall of Fame and give up his friends, give up his relationships, just so these black kids could play football. Um, and that kind of goes under the radar, but it's such a big thing because that's what we talk about today. Like, what are white people willing to give up to fight racism? But the secret plot of that movie was, yeah, you became exactly what you didn't want to be. And it was out of lust. And, like, these other women, too, it wasn't like... They were balling out of control because they said, like, the money was fast. Fast in a way that nobody was in a big house. Nobody had a bunch of money in the bank. Everybody was spending as fast as they were getting. They were hood rich. Yeah. Yeah. They were all fucking hood rich. And and it was very much about that. And she descended into that over time. And, And as much as she talked about hating it, the turning point was when she was like, I would rather fuck my husband than do the right thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. One more thing before we start the movie, and it's kind of been on my mind for a while with Martin Scorsese movies, but it really sunk in because after I watched this, I watched Blazing Saddles. Martin Scorsese has a, he's got a thing about hating on black people in his movies. Oh, he hates Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do we, it's not even, I was hoping that came up. Uh, I, 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 that I, it is, and it's hilarious how Blazing Saddles has aged much better dealing with race relations and how to handle racism than Goodfellas. Yeah. Even, I think the, the, and you know, we've all watched a bunch of Martin Scorsese movies, right? Yep. To me, this movie might have the strongest single scene about, I'm not saying it's his feelings, but about what he projects on screen about black people, which was the scene where they go uh, to the lounge to see the singer. And Joe Pesci's date is like, yo, like he's, he's dope. And I don't know if she said he was handsome or something like that. He said he was ta- he talented. Like, I, I, yeah, I put it on Twitter. Yeah. And she had to like, he had to calm her down in the most racist way. He was like, no, I understand what you're saying, but you got to understand you can't say that though. Yeah. I just and want it was like, well, so I'm kissing that King Cole over here. Like, <laughs> yo, you can yo. go, you can yeah. go on that shit. Like the look he dropped look. when she was like, he, be, you know, he beat her ass after they left. Like, like him. He was like, he absolutely beat her ass after they left. It's, it's interesting how the slander for Tarantino is out there and Scorsese kind of skates because everybody loves his movies or either just chooses to ignore that. But, I think it's kind of like it's there, but the difference is like, oh well, we know Italians are racist anyway, so it's accurate. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that works too, I guess. But still. It's also funny thinking about watching this when Fargo just dropped. 
and how racism plays a point in both black people and Italians and how they handle that. And it's just kind of hilarious, like how we picked this movie around this time frame. And it's kind of like, you know, Italians used to get treated, well, not like us, but similar to us. Kind of like, because they were the last on the boat and the people that was there before them was kind of look at them like, you know, you ain't really white. Mm. You know, like, yeah, she won't hang out with me because, you know, she don't trust Italians. How many times have you heard something like that? Like, yeah, you know, I would date you, but my parents don't really let me do uh, like that. Well, shit, they even fucking said it in um when um Pesci was like, oh, I want to date the girl, but she's 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 racist against Italians, but he still was chasing after that ass. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> we've all we've all seen that on Twitter. Ah, uh, well, that's also true. But since uh Cam is here today, we're gonna give him the the joy of giving uh synopsis an accurate synopsis <laughs> of this movie oh god here we go i haven't done this in a while okay all right so uh 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 gosh i'm starting it off wrong so a kid from a neighborhood that happens to have a bunch of thugs starts to hang around him because he thinks that's the life he wants to live he ends up uh, running a little errands for him and whatnot um getting a little bit of bread in his pocket starting to live the gangster life Next thing you know, his daddy, who can't keep food on the table, um, ends up getting mad because his son's getting a little money, beats his ass because he's not going to school. Then they get the mailman to stop bringing the mail to the house, and he's doing all kinds of odd jobs after that. He helps the dude after he gets shot. He ends up blowing up some cars. He ends up not snitching, so they all show him some love. Next thing you know, he's not made, but he's kind of made. He can run with him. He can do this and that with him. You know, He can kind of kick it. So... Then Joe Pesci, who always got like like a new bitch, like every weekend, right? He's like, yo, this girl I'm dealing with, this uh, this Jewish chick, she got a homegirl I think you might want to kick it with. He's like, all right, whatever, I got you. So they go out on a date. He ends up not showing up because he just wants to kick it with the homies. And then she gets mad. She crying. She pulls up on him. And he's like, you know what? She pulled up on me. She kind of do got a fat ass. So he starts kicking it with her. Then she takes it to the country club. And, like, the dude across the street who thought he was supposed to get something off of her because he, like, lived across the street, he came through and saw her. And then next thing you know, he's beating her ass. So then Ray Leo got to go beat his ass. So he fucks him up in front of his homeboys. He pistol whips him. And then she hides a pistol. And she's like, yo, my homegirls wouldn't did it, but my, my pussy got wet. So I had to do it. So, okay. So now they rocking. And then he's kicking it with Joe Pesci. And uh, Robert De Niro, and that's a little crew, whatever. They putting people in the trunk, you know what I'm saying? They shooting people, they robbing people, they doing this, that, and the third. Next thing you know, they get busted on some bullshit. And so they send Ray Leo to one prison. They send uh, Robert De Niro to another prison. But when they get out, he's like, you know what? Nah, the shit is on again. So then they start dealing with this coke. And then the big homie's like, yo, I don't want you dealing with the drugs. Whatever you had to do in the joint. Like, I understand you had to do what you had to, to survive. I wasn't breaking your wife off no bread because my money was kind of tight. But, you know, now you can't do that if you're rocking with us. He's like, okay, guess what he starts doing? Selling that motherfucking coat. So then they got this big-ass plot. It's him. It's Joe Pesci. It's uh, Mace Windu. It's Robert De Niro. So, like, and then it's the one Italian dude who got the afro. So, I call him, like, Skinny Mike Tarico. They all rocking, right? In the beginning of the movie, they talk about how you can't count on niggas to do nothing. Because what do niggas do? They, they fall asleep in the getaway truck. 
This is the first time. I've seen that movie 14 times. It's the first time I've heard that line, where they literally told you what was going to happen later in the movie. So then, a man's Mace Windu uh, fell to the dark side of the force one night. His ass uh, forgets to get rid of the truck. So then they pull up on him when he's getting coffee. They shoot him in the head. Then Joe Pesci's killing everybody because niggas was out there flashing money. They was buying their white coats and all that. And so when it came down, had to kill them. So Ray Liotta's like, yo, all right, I got to find a way to survive this. I'm going to keep selling this dope. And then Joe Pesci killing everybody, killing everybody from, from that, killing the old head, killing old boy from The Sopranos before he could finish his script. They got his ass out of there, right? So he thought he was made, and he walked into a room, and he was like, damn, why is there, like, ceiling-to-floor carpet? This room don't look right. Bam, popped his ass. And so then Robert De Niro's like, man, and he starts beating the shit out of the damn Atlantic Bell phone. But okay. Bailey Otis like, I got one last shot. I can make this happen, right? His babysitter says she got to get her hat before they go move this dope. And so then they got caught up by the cops. And then they got them all arrested. So then they got to snitch on Robert De Niro because he's ready to kill everybody. Uh, and then his wife had to flush a bunch of coke down the toilet so they didn't get caught. And then he was like, Karen, Karen. Why'd you flush the drugs? And he's like, yo, I had to flush the drugs. And he was mad at her, but not really, because she had to flush the drugs. So next thing you know, he don't got no hoes, because he had to get rid of Patricia Arquette or whoever he had, because uh, that wasn't going right. He had to drop her, ain't had no money, ain't had no dope. So what did they have to do? They had to snitch. They told on Robert De Niro, uh, talk bad about him in front of the court. And now they live somewhere in Minnesota, but then he got arrested again at the end of the movie, and his wife finally got rid of him because uh, broke dick is not good dick, apparently. And that's cause, and that is good, fellas, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hit most of the point. Nigga, if, they, if you put that synopsis on Wikipedia, they say this is too long and might have to be edited for clarity. <laughs> you gave the goddamn summary. I'm just like... You know what? Let's let this man cook. Yeah, no, I, 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 as much as I talk about like movies being better than other movies, it's not like I don't watch the movie. I'm coming from a place of knowledge. So yeah, synopsis: a poor kid from the neighborhood gets more than he bargained for when he uh, gets into a life of crime. Um, you go through his trials, tribulations, and watch him try to navigate uh, having a family life with having a gangster life, which ultimately leads to his and all of his friends' downfall. So you could have said that. Like, yeah. Um. <laughs> but that's less fun. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah. I was making a Robert De Niro face. When, you know, <laughs> that dude's like, where my money at? I need my money. We did the job. I need my money. Stop bossing my balls. I need my money. I was making that same face. All of this was a cigarette. I'm like, you know what? Let him cook. Because we go on. I, I want to see how long he going to go. And boy, you kept going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he... he Hit a lot of key points, but uh, hit a lot of points. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this now. <laughs> I really don't know what to do with this. Um, well, we might as well, you know, start ticket always back. Yeah, yeah because beginning. he 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 really ran through it. Shahid, take it away. <laughs> yeah, so basically, the movie starts. You have three characters, you don't know who they are, stopping a car in the middle of the night because you hear sound in the back of a car, and you're introduced to Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci. And you know, these people mean business because anytime somebody's carrying somebody in the back of their car and they decide to end the noise by stabbing them and shooting them. Jesus. Yeah, these are not regular, like these aren't people that work at HEB. And what's the famous quote? 
as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's the story of Henry Hill, kind of like, you know, growing up and seeing what type of life you wanted to have, because it's kind of like, it's a pull that a lot of people have where it's like, if you grow up in a working class environment, working class neighborhood, and you like, you know, we like to say it's nobility and struggling and working hard and stuff the right way. That shit's a lie. <laughs> like that is nonsense. That's just something we say. It's like, yeah, my my daddy worked hard. He woke up seven o'clock, came home at nine, took care of his five kids, and everything like that. He did it the right way. And Henry Hill, like, nah. I seen the people across the street. They had the Cadillacs. They parked where they wanted to park. Nobody mess. Nobody gave any problems. And I want to be that way. Yeah, the fast money. I mean, isn't I lo- that story to me though is always um, an, an interesting one. Um, a lot of these movies, uh, and not just about like the mob, but just movies about broke kids, start with how do I feel about my dad? Like, I, I love the you talk about a turn. Blow is one of my favorite movies, and if anything, Johnny Depp wanted to be financially successful because an appreciation for his father and what he had to deal with. Um, and when in, in Goodfellas, it's more a disdain for how upset my dad is at life and not wanting to be that. So the same thing, but different things. But I like how Ray Liotta could kind of channel almost the same character without the anger, like kind of playing his own dad from Goodfellas. Yeah, like it's yeah. kind of like he understood why his dad was upset. It's like, you know, five people in this small ass house, one of my one of my children's in a wheelchair. I'm broke. And then I kind of find out my kid got this part-time job. He's going to be making the money here and there. He's skipping school. You know, the way he see those guys across the street was they live in life. And while his dad is just, you know, struggling day by day. And, you know, I wish they would, I don't know. Maybe I thought they would have played that out a little more because it was just like, oh, my dad was angry. He was always angry. And then that was it. But maybe that, maybe, you know, maybe that's all you needed to say. That's, that's all you need. Look, if you had five kids and one of them was disabled, and you live in like Ghostface's apartment, and you live across the street from people with caddies. Wouldn't you be upset? And your son wanted to be them and not you? Yeah. 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 There you go. You don't need 25, like this ain't a Tyler Perry movie. You need 25 <laughs> minutes explaining that. It's like, you got that in two minutes. I mean, you look at De Niro in, uh, what's, what's the movie where his son uh, ends up dating a black girl in a New York movie? A, a Bronx Tale. Yeah, Bronx yeah you look at him in a Bronx Tale. Like, again, these, these same guys that you have play. These gangsters who know nothing else turn out to play pretty good dads in the movies where they kind of have to flip the script. But absolutely, like there's there's always going to be that thing about how the other half lives. Like, you know, we all grew up in maybe not similar, but households with black moms. You know what I'm saying? And, and my mother, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily speak for your you guys' mothers, but I can tell you, my mother spent a lot of time comparing me to the other kids. You know, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. This is what this kid is doing. This is what that kid is doing. Um, and so in different ways, we all come up with them. I got to come up off of what I'm from. I got to be more than what I am right now because this is what somebody else is doing. So, yeah, you kind of get that honest. And, and, and you know, if everybody, if they selling dope across the street and you broke, you're at least going to consider selling dope. Like, it's going to cross your mind. That's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And he like he dipped his foot into like you know I'm parking a car I'm getting a dollar here a dollar there the girls looked at me it's like we're the same age we you know we slinging milk money he driving a car 
So it's like, you look cool. Then it all, you know, I'm out here parking coats and I'm getting money. I'm doing deliveries. And it's kind of like, you know, ease your way in, ease your way in. And then imagine like he coming home with a suit on and shoes that probably cost more <laughs> than everything his dad owned. And his mom, that's Cecilia, and Ari's like, you know, she knows that atmosphere. Cause like, you know, she knows exactly where it leads. That's why she makes this face like, my baby gonna be a criminal and it ain't gonna end well. The dad's coming from that Irish background, like, you know, this greasy Italians, they they ain't working hard, they just wanna steal and they shiftless and sneaky. It's like those words sound how how a lot of people describe us. And that's kind of how he's looking at that. And it's like you combine those two, but it's like Henry Hill's like, I'm getting paid, I'm making money. Yeah, he was the man. There, there's no out of everything that happened in the movie, um, the singular moment that I felt like he was happy, like genuinely happy, was when he said, "One day, the kids from the neighborhood carry my mother's groceries home for." And I would that that just always stuck out to me. It's like, yeah, that was the peak. That was when he was the happiest. That's when he had the absolute most respect he would ever have. And it's just like, yeah, I, I, as a kid, you understand how coming from nothing, how that all of a sudden like just means so much to you. Um, and I don't think there was another moment where he was truly happy. Like you're happy in the space, but that was that was it. Yeah, I think it. I think that whole time coming up, because yeah, I remember. I think, I think he said in the film he was like, oh, it was the this was the best time. You know, him just like helping out doing whatever he needed to do as a kid with them and making money and getting that respect from his, from, you know, his kid people in school and stuff like that. It was just like, yo, this is lit. Cause he was still a kid. He was still kind of naive to the, you know, he didn't know the world. He just knew about what he was doing right there in that moment. Once he got older. Yeah. Shit got funky. Yeah. And as the movie progresses, like we learn more about the family. It's like our first introduction, introduction to Paulie is like, you know, Paulie never moved fast. Cause he didn't have to. And, you know, you see all these grown ass Italians playing around, having fun. Paulie poke his eye, poke his head out, looks to his left, look to his right. And everybody like, stop playing like, you know, granddad hair. Like, it's always <laughs> some old head. You don't, he's like Jay Prince. There's always some old head. He don't got to say nothing. He just got to pop his face out. And like, and it's funny where, you know, he's kind of in the background the entire movie. But it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to disappoint him. I don't want him to murder me. He's yeah. like a father figure, like, I got to make sure he's taken care of because it's like, you know, he's kind of like that big boss that's just always there, even though he's like, he's not important as far as screen time, but nothing important happens that he's not involved with. He still looms over uh, Tommy and, you know, all of them, the, the three the three main characters, he still kind of looms over them because they always say, oh, you know, what about Polly or Polly gonna kill me is always you hear his name. It's basically how Marvel movies handle Thanos before Infinity War. Right. Yeah. I'll pick it back up. <laughs> oh, I'm just, you know, I'm not used to having a third person. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah keep going. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. So, so then we get introduced to Robert Adaro, Jimmy the Gent Conway. And this is kind of like, you know, Henry Hill's eyes light up. Cause like you know, Jimmy comes in. You know how somebody just comes in. It's like I always say how Cam is at brunch. 
the life of the party coming. Hey, what's going on? Such and such. I saw you at the gym. Oh, we used to play UT together. We played ball. <laughs> we had the podcast here. Oh, you know, yeah, I follow you on Instagram. I saw you somewhere slapping hands. It's kind of like, you know, that type That's of thing. Yeah, I'm the life of the party. And it's like, you know, all these dangerous people, and they give this man respect. A non Italian. What do he come and say? This Irishman come to take all your guineas money. Why hmm. get offended? He's out here. And part of it is like, you know, Robert De Niro. Hey, this is kind of like almost like his prime, like the like the '90s, like this whole I'm old but not too old. I still got the physicality, I got the charisma, and I can just present myself mm-hmm. and be noticed. And he hitting everybody with hundreds here, a hundred there, and it's kind of like, oh, you know, he hitting people all this money. Everybody want to be his friend, but plus he got hands. Like somebody needs somebody to die, they call him to kill him, no problem. But the thing he enjoyed the most, let's say, being a coward, robbing people, root for the bad guys of movies. Like, and for Henry Hill, knowing he'll never be made, he sees Jimmy, and it's kind of like, I can see a type of future. If I can't be a made guy, I can at least be that. And I'm going to gravitate toward that. And that's what happens. He gravitates towards that. He starts a relationship with that. And he also starts a relationship with punk-ass Tommy. <laughs> and I'm laughing. I forgot that they had a little kid play, you know, a young Joe Pesci. Cause like kind of like a blinky you miss, like, you know, he's there. You see him once it's like, oh, you know, Tommy, come over here. This Henry, we're gonna work together. And you know, they start sell they selling cigarettes. Henry gets knocked for selling cigarettes. And then like, you know, they celebrate like, you know, first time getting pinched. Those are two rules. Don't snitch, keep your mouth shut. And I laugh because, and we've talked about it before online, and we made fun of it. It's kind of like, it's this culture, like, you know, if you're in the game, you're supposed to follow the rules and don't snitch you anything like that. And this movie proves that's nonsense. Mm-mm. All the way. All they did was break rules. Like, all <laughs> they did was the wrong thing constantly. Like, I, like, don't fuck with this dope. I'm going to fuck with this dope. Right. Um... Don't have your wife out here looking crazy. I'm going to have my wife looking crazy. Don't go spend uh, any money. So nah, I'm going to spend I, this I, I, know, I know I glossed over it, and I know we're going to get there, but damn, I can't wait to talk about that. Like All they did was break rules. These, this is the worst set of gangsters I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Nobody was thorough. Like, Robert De Niro was probably the most thorough, but he was also getting it on the side. Like My question would be, as somebody who's not Italian, words to Mike Rico, um... <laughs> Like, is it understood that you're just going to do your own thing like 35% of the time? Because that's what everybody was doing. Like, at least in in Casino. And this is not me comparing one good movie to another good movie. I'm not saying that part. But at least in that one, like, you know, for the most part, Robert De Niro was on a straight and narrow. This misstep was hubris, like, late in the game trying to be all on TV, trying to be all in the videos like Puff. But for the most part, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Right. Joe Pesci was the cowboy, but you at least had somebody who was on a straight and narrow. Everybody was fucking up this whole movie. Except even your man. Uh, even Paulie was fucking up. Because he let that man slide twice on some bullshit. Like it just proved... Yeah. yeah. It, it basically proves that the rules are just the rules as long as you want to follow them. Once you stop following the whole thing, don't hit a made man. You can't do that. The main crux of the move is they hit a made man and hit it. 
All these rules they, do, they say don't do, they did. It bit him in the ass, and it's kind of like that's why I always laugh. Where it's like, you know, you gotta follow code. I'm like, the code only work if everybody follow it. Because if you follow it, and because how many movies have we seen where it's like, yeah, I did ten years, I ain't snitch, and you're like, oh, that's great, that's nice. Oh, uh, you want me to help you out, but thanks for not snitching. I know you might want something. Ended up trying to kill him anyway because he got a grudge. We just did Takers <laughs> a couple weeks ago, and the crux of it was like T.I. having a grudge because he's like, you know, I did my time, I ain't snitch, and y'all still treat me like I'm a criminal, like I'm trash. Yeah. I, I think of uh, I think of Cuddy and the Wire, who absolutely sat down and did their time and came home to a new crew, a new regime, and time to pass them up. This is not me advocating snitching, but this is also me saying that not snitching has not benefited a lot. Of you people. know, but thinking about it now, as far as the the fucking rules go, then when they hit the made man, Henry was like, "Yo, that's a made man," and they're like, "Oh, don't worry about, it. don't worry about, it. don't worry, it's okay." I didn't want to get blood on the floor. He wasn't that made. Yeah. <laughs> like they what? God. What? So I guess he was. I guess he was like, I'm going to sell this dope yeah. after seeing some shit like that. Like, y'all don't even follow the rules, so fuck it. I'm going to sell dope. And not only that, it's the whole thing is like, he in jail, they forgot about him. Forgot yeah. About the family. yeah. All that family stuff, we all together, it's like, we all vacation in Cancun. That shit stopped. It's like, yeah. I need money. Go get welfare. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Rough so, up. yeah, if I, I'm, fuck it, I'm slinging these rocks. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I mean, the, the scary part of the movie, which I which I think was really effective, the scary part was like, yo, um, they can hit you at any time. You're never going to know when it's coming. There's not really going to be any formality. They're just going to pop you. And so it does kind of make you like, well, uh, and this is me talking about uh, what, what, what kind of what happens toward... Uh, I guess toward the end with Joe Pesci. It's like, yo, he probably had about eight strikes. Like, they let him get away with a lot. It probably would have been more effective. They were like, yo, you do two things, you're gone. But they, they kept letting that man slide to the point where yeah. they threw him a, like, like word to uh, state property too. They threw him a party. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they threw the fuck out of that party. Oh, oh my shit. God. Yeah. yeah. So they grow up into crime. And you know, making making good money, hand over fist, hanging out the Coco Cabana. You get one of the funny scenes, like the whole Joe Pesci's Mr. Funny Man cracking jokes. And I didn't realize how much Ray Liotta was overacting until <laughs> I seen gifts of it on Twitter. <laughs> that laugh he was doing is obnoxious. He's covering his eye. He's doing all this, and I'm like. <laughs> Maybe I didn't notice it when I watched the movie before. I could not take my eyes off. Like it's just so extra. Was it supposed to be extra on purpose or what? Was it supposed to be fear? Like I gotta laugh at these jokes because if I don't, this dude gonna pop. Yeah, but you guys informed it though. Like I know I can't be made, so I'm getting with my man who can. His jokes got to be extra funny. Yeah, okay. His moves got to be extra right. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, Ray Liotta, his whole jaw come unclenched when that man starts telling them jokes. <laughs> it's a bit much. Yeah. Oh, it's funny? I amuse you? Like, what's really funny is the way I talk. Well, you know how you around? We all probably grew up with somebody that we was cool with, but you wasn't always sure about. It's always that one dude that was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, you're taking a brunch, you make shit uncomfortable because you're on the wrong subject. You're like, the fuck you mean? 
and the, and the table get quiet for like 30 seconds. They'd be like, nah, I'm just bullshit. And y'all kind of <laughs> laugh. And that was the energy he had. Because, like, keep in mind, they grew up together as teenagers. Mm-hmm. So they think it's Steve's. And even then, he kind of like, yeah, I don't know Tommy. That's my homie. But he kind of live wire. Because he met like a good, he let his drag up like a good minute. And then he kind of like, you know, lets him off. Like, I'm just playing. He almost pissed his pants. He almost got you. And it's kind of like, yeah, I know you're joking. But I wasn't sure. Like that type of thing. Yeah. I don't have any friends like that anymore because, like, that shit's stressful. So it's like, damn, I just want to relax. <laughs> Never know when something's going to happen. I'm being so goddamn angry. So eventually you get, you know, you need to go on a double date because, like you said, it's this Jewish girl he's trying to knock down and she don't want to, you know, she ain't sure because he's Italian, but he don't got pride because she, she rich. Basically, she rich and got a wagon. <laughs> he looking at the dub. <laughs> You know how, you know what? We all know somebody who's done that. I'm put myself, I'm put myself pride or I'm put my self esteem away for some some foreign, some ethnic yams. Yeesh. Oh boy. Sorry, guys. I'm back. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's funny how you dipped out when you talked about that part. I'm glad you're back. <laughs> Oh, my fault. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Um, is it still recording, Jack? Uh, no, yeah, we're, we're definitely still recording. Don't worry about yeah, it. Okay, cool. <laughs> you talk about how, you know, Tommy Henry Hill trying to set up a double date because Tommy trying to get these ethnic Jewish yams, even though she don't, she kind of looked down at Italians. And I was saying how we all know somebody that put their pride and self-esteem away to get nah. some ethnic <laughs> exotic yams. That don't like, sound like, that don't sound like nobody I know. Hey, hey, you, but you probably got somebody in a different group chat that do that. Oh, <laughs> boy. Uh oh. She, wow. she called me an eggplant, so it's cool. Uh oh. Well, oh my. Yikes. That's a lot. I learned That's a lot a living lot. In, I've lived in Texas since 2011. I have learned a lot in my almost 10 years being here. So I know yeah. how to So, anyway, this is how the double date start. And you can tell Henry does not want to be here. He looking at his watch. He's like, I got some place to go. Oh, what you want? The coffee. What you want for entree? The check. Like, he's not high and just, I don't want to be here. And we meet his date, Karen, and we start with her. And she just pissed. Because, like, you know, treating me like I'm a plus one. He's so rude. Who do you think he is? And everything like that. And then they try to start another another date. And he stands up, you know, he stands up. And normally, you'd be like, you know what? All right, that's out. Keep it moving. Not her. She got to get her two cents off. She got to drive in the car, run up on him at his place in front of the homies. Like, who do you think you are? Frankie Valley? Just standing me up? And this is how it starts. When he see, he see the fire, he knows, oh, you know, she kind of look all right. She got a little thickness for the 50s. Yeah, she was like a right in that dress, dog. Like, I... I um, uh, I have a weird, you know, uh, mm-hmm. timeline. I, I probably watched Sopranos before I watched Goodfellas, right? Because Goodfellas comes out in 1990, and I'm five years old. And so, unless I'm catching a rerun on like TNT and TBS, uh, as an adult, I'm gonna see uh, Sopranos first. So I was like, damn, who is this thick ass uh, psychiatrist? Um, and then, you know, you go back and it's, uh, you know, it's Karen and she's like, okay, yeah, no, she, yeah, her in that dress, she hit all the right notes, had an attitude on that boy. She's talking crazy in front of his boys and we've all been there. The girl who talks crazy in front of your homeboys, but the right kind of crazy, that's kind of what you like. 
And so, yeah, that like his issue with her was not that she was boring, but the experience was boring. Like he wants to do gangster shit all the time. Mm-hmm. Nothing was ain't nothing gangster about going on a date, especially <laughs> a double date with your boy who's trying to get his. Like you don't you've no interest in that. But now all of a sudden, so a firecracker run up on you, you're like, okay, she can match the attitude that I'm trying to put out in the world. Oh yeah. And that thought process has led so many men to the damn doom. You need to leave yeah. firecrackers in the store where they belong. Yeah. I, I'm gonna light it up and keep it in my pocket. Cause I you know, it's it's exciting. It might blow up in my pocket or it might blow up in the sky. You never know, right? Nah, fuck all that. Anyway, he like, oh, it's something about her eyes and everything like that. But a good point Cam brings up, that same corollary applies to Annabella Sciorra. Cause a lot of people didn't see her until they like watched Luke Cage. And like, oh, or if they saw her in the Sopranos, it's like, oh, you know, who's that? Who's that nice Italian one with some curves? I'm of an age where it's like, I remember from Jungle Fever. And it was like, you know, she was, yeah. If you, anyone who saw Jungle Fever know exactly how she looked and she was attractive, I'm say a polite way. And then she, you know, she did some movies and then she vanished and then she came back and you wonder why she vanished. And then Harvey Weinstein's stories start coming out, and you put two and two together, and that's why you know what happened. So it's the same thing. It's like it's funny where it's a lot of people you may see in this movie you might not remember, except for like other stuff. Like when we get to Michael Imperial, the same thing. I forgot he was in this movie because I remember him from Sopranos till I like I watched it like a second or third. So I'm like, oh, that's Christopher. Oh shit, he was. Damn. Now that you say his name, Frank, I'm like, Frank oh Vincent, shit. Man, spider. Billy Bats, Frank Vincent. It's funny because it's like you look close, like, cause you think of Frank Vincent now, like you always he got the gravel head and his hair completely white. No facial hair. You yeah. think about Frank Vincent. You see him and this is like, oh, is that Dennis Farina? Is that the guy from Law and Order? Like you look at like he looked familiar and like it's the same Frank Vincent but like a different face, different haircut, different hairstyle. So you're not sure. So anyway, they start dating, and it's like a best against her better judgment. It's like you know he's a bad boy and he got a lot of money because like that should have been a warning thing. You go to a restaurant, they open up the back door for you. You go through the kitchen, mm. all in the back. Skip the line. Somebody come out and pull a table out. Just for you. And your boyfriend is hitting off everybody with hundreds. What you do? Construction. Your hands in construction are all working a union. <laughs> he's absolute he's absolutely doing what he saw De Niro doing uh, when he was a kid. What those what those say? That nigga out there slinking dope. <laughs> it's that same energy. She like, oh, I was just young. I'm cause she's like in her early twenties. So she kind of knows something's up, but she really don't know. And more importantly, she doesn't want to know. Just enjoying the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That, that's one of the interesting parts, though, of it being a movie. Because what is this, 1950s, I want to say? Yeah. But no, this should be time should have moved, right? It started yeah, off in the 50s. Probably like in the 60s. Yeah. Okay, it's like the 60s. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting that, like you said, um, everybody's in their 20s living at the house. So I was like, damn, all y'all look old as hell. Like, not like teenagers, but like, yeah. She was in her 20s living at the crib. Clearly, her man across the street was a solid 27 living at his mama house. Um, yeah, so, so it's also like, not that you just automatically get more intelligent with age, right? But it was absolutely like, damn, girl, you know you should know better. You know what's going on. Uh, 
but it was what's like a subtle shot at her knowing what's happening, but not wanting to admit what's happening. Her making him button up his shirt to cover up the cross so her mama didn't see it. Mm-hmm. We've all had that too. Oh, I heard you half Jewish, only the good half. Just lying, lying against the mask. You Muslim? No, I, I don't practice. Yeah, I've never said that. But I know people say that. Oh, now my name is Mahmoud. You call me Mark. You'll, oh wow! You do that to get Penelope's, to Penelope's ass. You'll, you'll oh, do a whole bunch of the line. Like God can wait in the closet for a second. <laughs> so they're starting to have the interaction. They're starting to go closer. Starting to get the lifestyle. They're out on a boat. You know, he's still he's. It's funny how you know somebody never been anywhere because like when you pay for cash, you're not supposed to. That's how it's kind of like, you know, you've never been somewhere where people tell you about etiquette and decorum. Like, you're going to move in the same way in the street everywhere. It's like, it's no, it's no switch. So he's kind of learning that. And then you run the roofs. <laughs> oh, what's happening? I see y'all here. Oh, that's your friend? Okay. You looking, you looking all right? All right, up and down. And it's like, it's always that dickhead right there. He, he should have like, whooped his ass on, on spot. He was being too, nah, he know what the fuck he was doing. On site. No, it was it was uh like he wasn't even cool about it. Like he wasn't like okay, like and, and even Henry Hill was like, yo, like that's not even Yeah, who the fuck is I'm that? I'm not even gonna look at my man like when I shake his hand, it's like, all right, I see what it is. But yeah, he was acting really <laughs> brand new. Oh, that's Bruce. We grew up together since he was kids he's been across the street. So he ain't poof. Twenty something years still there. So anyway, time moves on. More, you know, Maury. Wait, 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 wait. Before you go forward, though, he mm-hmm. beat Diddy. He beat Diddy. Yeah, you know he did. <laughs> you might, you not just, like, like, I'm not saying you, like, you know, you can't just be violent to be violent, but I don't know if you just whoop your next, your across the street neighbor's ass for fucking with somebody else if you wasn't already, if you didn't already. We all, we all saw Soul Food, and he got that same energy Mel Jackson had when he pulled <laughs> up the young the wedding dress. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, I remember, I remember Cola from back in the day. Uh huh. Yeah. Same energy. So, get back to Bruce one more time. Definitely. Uh, you know, hit that in the colored section one time when nobody was around to see it. Mm. Um, yeah, nasty business. So we get our man Maury, who is, ooh. Yo, you want to talk about a fuck nigga? Like, oh my god. Yo, he's like, and of course he's meant to be unlikable, right? He's the most unlikable person in the whole movie. And he really only committed like one crime. But he is unbearable. His career is unbearable. His personality is unbearable. His communication skills are unbearable. His inability to be patient around killers is unbearable. He I want my worst. money. <laughs> I need my money. Yo. Every time you uh, saw him, he yo, just wanted his dough. I need my money. I need my money. <laughs> For first, it's like, I don't got your money. I can't pay you. And Jimmy out there, because Jimmy get pissed. It's like, Marty on money. He got enough money to do commercial. See? I got the same energy he got. You know how somebody owe you money? They're like, kind of tough out there. And then you see him on Instagram. They're like, Roots Chris. And you like, motherfucker, you eating my money. <laughs> they out there taking a picture like a, a eye tray with three sides. You like, oh, you're doing a lot. Give me my money. A whole lot. You know what you're not doing? Paying me back. <sighs> Living <Something>. different. 
So he out there, like, he got enough money to do these shitty-ass commercials to jump in the pool with his toupees, and he ain't got enough money to pay these gangsters. And Hurricane proof, baby. Hurricane proof. Mm, it wasn't choke proof. <laughs> <laughs> Back like Trumps. Yeah, when they yoke. Like, where my goddamn money? And you sorry, no, not to get in business with the mob, because we learned, like, we kind of skipped over it when he was at the Coca Cabana. One of the issues with Tommy was he had a bill for seven grand. And his whole thing was kind of like, why you run up on my friends like I'm broke? Trying to embarrass me. I owe you seven grand. I need to pay you back. It's like, don't be embarrassing me like that. And and I've always laughed at those types of situations where it's like, I feel uncomfortable owing someone like a couple hundred dollars. And I always laugh when I see commercial on TV. No, oh, sixty-eight thousand dollars in income taxes. God damn, motherfucker! How? <laughs> and that guy don't be looking rich. I'm like, the what fuck you, you doing? Like, what, six years. And <laughs> the big thing is kind of like you know Donald Trump. He one point four billion dollars in debt. I'm like, that shit gotta hurt, dog. Like, you hard enough money to buy damn the damn Milwaukee Bucks. That's how much you owe to buy a mid-level basketball team. Ugh. I couldn't borrow, and I got good credit, and it's a limit how much I could borrow. I'm like, it take a whole bunch of privilege to borrow that type of money. So anyway, the guy on the restaurant was like, you know, Tom won't pay me and anything like that, and I got all these problems, and he got a lump on his head. It's like, he go, he make a mistake. It's kind of like he think it's short-term. Paulie helped me out. Bad thing, because like, oh, you know, because Paulie trying to warn him, like, oh, I don't know all about that. I don't know about the restaurant business. You sure you want to get in business with me? You really sure? Maybe you should just kill Tommy. Whoa. I I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. (laughs) You don't accidentally say that. So he really meant that. So he didn't mention like stuff good, all good. It's like a scam thing, you know, borrowing, taking out debt. You ain't going to pay back. Just keep taking and taking and taking. And when you can't take anymore, you can't borrow anymore, set it on fire. So now homie don't even got a restaurant anymore. He don't got nothing. <laughs> and it just shows like a lot of time, like how many businesses just run like scams. Like if you know you're never going to pay the bills back and you just borrow whatever you want. What's the point of like trying to be honorable? Mm-hmm. That's true. So you see that in there. Maury kind of know what he's dealing with. He's like, nah, I'm I ain't gonna pay you back. Or I'll pay you back. You choking me. Then you get to call Henry there. And I always laugh at this thing because Lorraine out there crying like she now is somebody to call her lollipop. Do you do you hear the story he tells? She tells him about what, what Bruce did. What specifically uh, did she say he did? Yeah. They he had his hands on her. She said, get off. He wouldn't get off. She pushed him, got him mad. He hit me. He <laughs> threw me out the car. Oh, Jesus. Was the car moving? What? Oh, uh, a car? <laughs> this ain't Grand Theft Auto. What the fuck? Yeah, he was wilding out. He had you ghost walking out the whip. Because <laughs> she out there crying and whining. I'm like, what the hell? Because I'm not really seeing the scene. Go ahead. I just watched uh, The Postman Always Knocks Twice for the first time this week. Um, when like, I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but basically Jack Nicholson steals this guy's wife and they end up conspiring to kill the guy. And Jack Nicholson cheats on her a bunch with Angelica Houston, of all people. This is back like when she was still kind of fine and she was like 
a circus ring lady. So I get it. But then, like, him and his wife, him, oh, him and the girl, like, he decided to be with, finally decided to be together. And then they driving on the road. But it's, like, like 19, like, 42. And so uh, they swerve because another car is coming. And it throws her out the car and kills her. <laughs> and that's what I'm thinking of right now. Throwing people out the car before, like, anti-lock brakes is hilarious. Because they automatically had to be, like, in real pain. Because the road was paved different. So anyway, because it's funny, I've seen that scene, and it's the first time I watched with subtitles, and it's hard to hear what she's saying because she does like, hey, dumb y'all, quill the car. So Henry pissed, and Henry show up, and you always want a man, like, you know, stand up for your woman, but it's like, it's limits. Because women at certain times put you in situations where it's like, you know, what will he do to defend my honor? And sometimes it might lead to, I just talk. Sometimes it leads to, I'm a pistol whip somebody. Because he come out and Bruce out there with the polo. Like, oh, what's up, fucko? We want to do something? <laughs> and catch a, a, catch a knife. Yeah, he got his two homies out there. You think oh, they like, whack. Oh, his and friends nah, are trash. He there and he pistol whip them nine times. With the butt of the gun, and them whole like one drinking his Coca Cola, he ain't doing shit. He yeah, just watch no smoke. Hey. <laughs> he was like, "Oh, he's he's not playing." He he, he, he got to get new friends uh, oh, off shit. the rip. One more time, shit. <laughs> yeah. No, he got to do. Oh, go shoot. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Y'all leave. Don't come back here no more. Y'all like y'all done. If I'm out with my friends and y'all see me get pistol whipped, um, I might expect y'all to rush him, but don't be. A bitch, bro, don't shoot. Like, you know, <laughs> right? Rush him when he turn around. Yeah, do something. Or the group chat dynamic is going to be a lot different. Because I don't want to hear what you're talking about. Either. Oh, yeah, you talking about oh, that shit. You're talking that shit with homie in the jacket beat your ass. Oh, shit. So, and then hide the gun. And what you say? Everything told all my friends, they always said, somebody told me to hide a gun to just keep on moving. But you know what? It turned me on. She was, she was ready for that action. She's ready. Can you say? And it go from that to they get married. Yeah, oh yeah, he went for. It. He's like, oh, I gotta marry this one. You know, sometimes guess what? My wife knew that I was serious about marrying her when I defended her against my family. And I told a story because my family was like, oh, you know, you think it's like a good time thing. Like, you're just going to have fun when you're in school. And they're like, no. Like, no. This is the one I'm with. She went from thick and thin. She already got money. She with me. I know she wanted me for me. I'm marrying her. Like it or don't like it. I'll still love y'all regardless. But get over it. Mm-hmm. I told my wife that story and she's ready to get married that day. That day. So I'll take it yeah. something like that. You have you a convincing woman that you got their back and they will do whatever you say, they whatever you ask them to do. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, they I mean that that's there's no real reason to get into the courtship. The courtship was hiding the gun. Like that's what else can you do? <laughs> what other moment can you have? Like that's more important than a sex scene that's more important than a, a dinner, like, you know, that's you're not necessarily privy to a, as part of the audience that's supposed to be private. Like, that's everything, man. Yeah. She was down for it. Um, yeah, she, she was with who he was. And once you find one of those, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta lock her up. Yeah. Especially when you know, like in his case, you can't really deal with her if you don't marry. 
Like her mom was gonna put a stop to that. Um, and I can't wait till you talk about five minutes further into the movie because I'm super excited about what happens the next time he comes home. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, so they get married and then she's inside the family. It's like, oh, and it's the whole thing where it's like everybody envelopes full of $100 bills. Envelope upon envelope upon envelope. She's like, what about the money? Like, she's still this whole thing. Like, you just gonna leave that back? Like, he's like, I'm not gonna rob that. It's the same thing from the Godfather. It's like, yeah, you know the balls you have to take to try to rob the bride and a, a tired gangster wedding? Like, um, unless you got the Randy Orton goggles on, do not try that. <laughs> exactly. So, they get married. She's seen the whole thing. And then she see how the other side lives. It's kind of like, you know, everybody named Marie, everybody named Pete, or Peter, or Jim, or Jimmy, or Tony. And gave the kids the same name, she knows. You no, know, and to the fact where it's like, sometimes they don't remember, but I think this is, um, just Paulie, Jimmy. I can't remember. It's like they get confused. Paul Junior. Same damn name. Paul and, Junior. And then it's not only that she realized like how tacky they are. It's like yeah, those other about like one of them got like a what like a, you know, busted lip, a mole. It was a mole. Like, it was nasty. What it, it was? Yeah, nasty. It, was, it was gross. And she out there like yeah, this other dude keep putting his hands on me. I keep warning. I said next time I put the hands, I chop them all. And I can't tell my. I was being nice if I tell my husband he he kill him. And it's just like everybody got all this makeup on, and it's like they hood rich. It's kind of like they live in flashy with these flashy cars, but their houses look like trash. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know you spend their money on stuff you see, cause like easy come easy go. And you see, I was like, they got stacks and stacks of money. But besides having a nice car, do they never really look rich? No. Mm. She talked about that. She talked about the materials that they clothes. Um, how they had their hair done. Like, she was not impressed by any of it. Yeah. And not that she just came from money, but she kind of came from taste. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is like her looks almost looking down on that that lifestyle. Like, oh, y'all don't even know what Vers- <laughs> Versace is. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck y'all wearing? And, and you related to him. It's crazy. How does that work? <laughs> and it's like they got a worn down look. And she got this fear. It's like, you know, will that be me six years from now? Yes, honey. Yes, no, honey. It will be. It's like no, sweetheart. It'll be you. It will two be years you from now. Yeah. So <laughs> it's gonna be rough. And then it's kind of like you know she really always have a husband. She got she thinking oh we can be married, settle down. And it's like how come he he had all night he has a car. My husband would never <laughs> you know dad never that. Like, yeah, my daddy never goes out. Leave him alone. He's busy. He was oh, done. Defend, Father defend, was done. You know, that's the whole thing, defending, you know, your brand new husband to your parents that had your whole life. He come to the door, it's like, where you been? How come you didn't call? And he see that and see her and about start laughing. <laughs> when that's my, my thing, y'all. When he came to the front door and they was like, where you been? And my man laughed and got back in the car. I was like, yep. Yep. <laughs> and it don't help Tommy. I get him all like, where you been, Henry? How dare you, Henry? <laughs> I've absolutely never had anything like that happen to me in my life. And I don't me, think I ever will. Me neither <laughs> is what I'm going to say on the show. Yeah. Like I said, it's a different show. That's the um, Patreon only. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, he, my man was, oh, he was in a zone, man. There was, there was no respect there. And not that she should have expected respect. Everything he does is against the rules that are established. So 
the fact that he would be different with you, like, it's just crazy. My man was out all night, came home and laughed in their faces and got back in the car. Yeah, he was lit. So, nasty business. Because he got I don't love it. He got business to attend to. What's one of the business? We're gonna rob Air France. Take the you know, they take cash, they turn it from cash to Franks back to cash. And it's like homie out here, oh I know something like this. I got the key, take four, you know, we get like five hundred grand. And it's it's funny how easy it go in, because like basically the man there works security, he gonna hand him the key, they walk in, grab the cash, and walk out. No guns needed, no mission impossible mass needed. It's just kind of like they said the airport, like a cat check cash machine. Whenever we need somebody, just go there. Just hook us up. Shipment coming in, you come grab it. And I just wonder, like, how much in the budget, if you're doing something like that, it's like, you know what? We're gonna lose like eight percent of the mob yearly. We just know. That, like that's in the budget. That's in the budget. Like how Amazon probably got something like, you know. Like three percent of our stuff is gonna be people keeping it, say they ain't get it, but like fuck it. It's just like lost, it's just like lost is just built in there. And it's kind of like, what a world to live in. It's like, you know, everybody getting paid, so nobody complaining. And the people who do complain get shot. So it's like you learn quick. It's like even if I even I'm not a part of it, I ain't gonna be like Robocop. So <laughs> so I take the money, they get 420 grand, they break Pauly off, and it's like, you know. Paulie gets 60 grand. And why? What they say the whole point of the mob was protection from each other. Because we can't go to the cops. Right. That's all Paulie is. It's like this fat man is like, you know what? We whip Paulie so you can't touch me. And if something go wrong, you can always go to Paulie. And just Paulie just has that respect. Just because of his name. Because like, Paulie ain't got no hands. Paulie ain't running you up and down the block. And he don't like a sharpshooter or nothing like that. But nope. it's just like, he's Paulie. He moved different. Else. He moved different than everybody else. You ain't going to get in him in a uh, a group chat. <laughs> it's either one-on-one. Uh, no, we're not. Because it's like, he don't have a phone in his house. So somebody got to call somebody, go to his crib, mm-hmm. tell him what's going on. And then he tells the person, hey, run back and call. He's like, I don't want nobody knowing what I'm telling you. I don't know why looking at my mouth. He up there like Andy Reid. With a mask on, still covering his face, calling a play out. <laughs> and a lot of old school gangsters like that. And some, one thing I have learned, and I try to stick that rule, and every time I didn't bit me in the ass, never say or type anything that you don't want coming out of somebody else's mouth. There you go. Yeah. Never. And because it can come back to bite you in the ass, because you'll never know. You never know the situation where you hear your words again. Somebody say, oh, that ain't what I meant. They don't know that. Mm-hmm. How many people got hemmed up because, like, this you? <laughs> A lot. Oh, no. So, so they got that money. They be out here, make, out here making money. And that's the whole thing. You got the wife. You got the life. Wife ain't enough. Oh, no. So this time girlfriend and that's when we get to the line about Sammy Davis Jr cause it's kind of like oh Sammy Davis Jr I went to see one of his shows and he was out there he was doing impersonations and he sounded just like the people he's doing it's just amazing it's like I could see why a white girl would go with him and if you see Joe Pesci's face he like what what did you just say I mean he's really I'm talented not, <laughs> me I'm just saying somebody else you know my oh you condone, you condone that? 
<laughs> now I'm not saying Henry trying to laugh at all, like, oh, you know, he's just playing. Now I'm just gonna make sure I ain't kissing that King Cole. Wow. And everybody laughing, like, yeah, just say he's talented, but just watch what you say. Basically, like, we ain't ain't no mixing of the races here. Like that shit, cut that shit out. He talented. Yeah, he he was hot about that. You, I think y'all might be right. I think he might have whooped their ass when they left there. Yeah, like, yeah. That's why you didn't see her again in the movie. <laughs> yeah, she was yeah, out of there. It, it ain't the first time. It's not the first or last time. It's like an anti-black thing because they bring up talking about, oh, we know, don't worry about crime. Like we we know we do. We gonna get caught. You don't get caught. Niggas stick up kids. They fall asleep after they get the, after they get the stash. That's it. Mm. Yeah. One day, I just can imagine how that how Maya's household was considered as black and Italian. There were type of discussions, but that's a story for another day. So anyway, he got his girl, and it's like you know what they say: Saturdays at the club is for the wives. Friday at the club is for the girlfriends. Yeah, man. They were moving. What type of setup is that? It's like you already know. Friday is for the jump offs, and that bartender be like, "Did you know?" You ain't gonna say nothing because, like, that's how you get shot. But it's like, you so, can't do that. You, know that you can't means, do that right? now. That means they had the black talent on Fridays and, like, the people your mother listens to came on Saturdays. But, exactly. you know what? I think the old heads had their wives. I think they were hip. But Henry's wife won't hip to that shit. Yeah. <sighs> they, knew, they knew what the deal was. Yeah, like, I think they were hip to because it. Because they even, because we're gonna get to it, I'm sure. But it's it totally like, hey, do what you want to do, but you can't have her out there out there looking crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, and that's the whole thing. Is all about you know image and perception, and it's kind of funny you compare it to the Godfather. Like Michael had a lot of flaws, but he wasn't like the womanizer. He was yeah. like you know I had my I mean he had a one woman that might have treated him like trash, but it's like I'm just with that one. You know, like Sonny was doing this whole thing, and it wasn't a problem. So it was like you know. You letting all that side stuff mess up business. But it's kind of like, you know, don't make me look bad was the whole thing. It's like, if you're going to do, like, it's expected that you're going to do that, whatever. If you do it, don't have me out here looking stupid. And that's, that's basically the cardinal rule that a lot of women convince themselves to have. And I ain't saying this right. I ain't saying this wrong. That's between the people. But a, no woman, want, I've heard, plenty of women will tell you, you know what? I will support you from thick and thin. I will be that stand by your man, even though I shouldn't be. Just don't embarrass me and have me look stupid. Yeah. That's all Keep that shit away from me. Or tell me first before I find it from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I can prepare. That's all I had. So y'all, so y'all here having fun and to the point where move her to an apartment that's close around so I can sleep there a couple times a week. Mm. She liking him so much, she messed up the job. So he show up at the cur- he show up at the job with the homies. Talking about you gotta make sure she take a damn lunch break. <laughs> they beat this shit out of homie. <laughs> He's doing his job for being, for being a good man. For running his business the right way. Doing that, they beat up the mailman for the same thing. Mailman doing the job. Which one is that? Nah, not that one. Nah, that motherfucker right there. Yeah, but that I can I can understand that one, you know, because that was nah. This one was just uncalled for. She fucking up at oh, work. You can understand somebody beating up the mailman because the mailman is doing. Hey, the I job got I I, I, I absolutely been to school for like four months. I absolutely got some letters from school, so yeah, I I, I, I felt that. 
right, Bishop. I've told this story on, on different pods, but my mother still has not seen my Sensei report card. Um, I absolutely uh, intercepted it and hit it uh, because I, I was like a dumbass. Like, my, I got a hundred on, uh, we have the toss test down there, what you said, like the standardized test. Only me, this girl named Naomi, and the teacher got 100 on the toss test. Um, and for some reason, I still failed reading for the summer. I can't explain it. My mother has never seen that. I think I finally told her about it. But, yeah, I, I threw it away after like a month. and went right on to high school like nothing ever happened. I, I have a similar story. I intercepted my seventh grade second semester report card. And I, all I've ever come say, I don't know why it never came. I, I'm not sure why. I know the grades that I got in that, that semester, and I know why I got those grades. But she's never seen it, and she never will. And if she is listening to this, you still won't see her mom. Love you. That's real. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say two things. One, y'all are some dumbass kids. <laughs> and two, I'm laughing because I'm not watching the presidential debate. I'm just catching field on Twitter. But I just laughed my ass off. One of them was like, "Within well, 20 minutes in the debate, Biden tells Trump to sh- would you shut up, man." Oh, that's yeah. all I needed to see. Told that nigga to shut. And I'm just laughing because, like, I'm gonna see the highlights. Yeah, real mean. A president of the debate, like somebody tell him, like, "Would you just shut the fuck up?" I'm with it. I'm with that too. So he out there having this party thing. His wife was like, "You ain't home." Throwing the keys out the, you know, throwing the keys out the, the house. Stop being, stop being a bitch, Karen. I'm still going there. You ain't going. You ain't been here. I know something going on. I'm not stupid. And sandwiched between, it's funny how they play this. They establish that he has a relationship with the girlfriend. They establish that Karen kind of knows what's going on. And then you got the quick thing where they out there playing spades, but probably pinochle because the times ain't playing spades. Hmm. You got spider out. Got spider there. Poor spider. <sighs> He didn't deserve this. He was just. He, I mean, was, like, he did ask for a drink. Oh, I thought you said, I'm okay, Spider. What? That shit don't make Everything you know about Tommy. Okay. Well, you deserve to get shot in this damn foot. Sheesh. No, I'm not he don't deserve to get shot. But it's like, um, he started off on a, on a bad foot, so to speak. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, out here, you like stepping fetching, like, you know, stumbling, mumbling motherfucker. Like, Where's my drink? Oh, I, I think you. Oh, you need a drink. I thought you said okay. I'm, I'm fine. You fine, Spider? Like they going back and forth. And he was like, Oh, what's that movie? The Oklahoma Kid, Dance Farm, Dance. He out there shooting him in the foot. Wow. <laughs> don't be, don't be getting all pissy about a spider. <laughs> really? Don't be getting all mad. It's, it's just, a, it's a flesh wound. And, oh, I know, Beanie oh, Siegel. Beanie Seagull absolutely took from that movie. He all right. Put some ice on it. Yeah. Yeah, hey, don't be don't be bust my balls over getting shot. So he gets shot. They wrap up. They all mad, like, what you doing out here? Basically, you got blood all on the carpet. Like, what's wrong with you? Um, Frankie Carbone's like, yeah, good game, Tommy. Good game. I'm just out here playing cards. And now somebody got shot. <laughs> it's, it's messing up my vibe. I had a good hand, too. Like, they more annoyed that the game got stopped than Spider got shot. Yeah. So, so then you get to the situation where Karen finds out this one see Janice Rossi? Is this Janice Rossi? You whore? 
Superintendent, that way I know there's a horse standing in one seat. <laughs> oh, she was so scared. She all the buttons. Oh, yeah, you got damn whore. That was the wild part. Why you gotta bring the kids into it? Kids ain't do that, man. And she um, out there. I'm like, you know how embarrassing that may be. Like, see, that's the whole thing. Everything fun to the wife show up. It's like I did not sign up for this. Yeah. And that's she why I like. She was in there crying too, boy. Yeah, she, she was. Hurt. She was hurt and scared, and she didn't want to catch that fate. Find your own goddamn man. <laughs> Like I said, this woman is straight bird. If she was black, we'd be calling her all suck a ratchet hood rat shit in the book. But since she's a nice Jewish girl, it's like, oh, she just fiery. You may have a point to that. She showed up with the kids. You absolutely have a point to that. (laughs) That's some Section 8 shit right there. Like, I don't even got time to find a babysitter, even though we got money. I don't want the kids to come out here. And the kids already know what's going on. They've been hearing arguments and shouting and everything like that. It's like, why are you out at night, all this partying? And he threw a damn lamp at her. Yeah, he ain't had no aim, though. His aim was no <laughs> Well, that's great, Jeff. That is not funny, Jeff. That is not funny. I didn't laugh. But, Just say he didn't no aim. Laugh. Don't laugh, Jeff. Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeff out there with his government sticking his right now, just smirking. Oh my god. Chill out. <laughs> like that video, like posted. Don't laugh, Jeff. Uh, he didn't have no aim. Thank God he didn't. Yeah, that's true too. So then she's up there with the gun in his face. We've seen that in the Shanti video. It's like, that gotta be a thing. You half sleep, you wake up, and somebody's got a pistol in your face. I can't say I've ever been there before. That's rough. And I don't want them problems. I haven't either. I'm sure Cam say on this podcast he hasn't been on there. Hey, you know, you know, hmm? I've had. Uh-huh. I'm not I've been threatened with with that level of physical violence. You know, yeah, I'm sure a little bit. I'm sure you had to chop it through the throat once or twice. Oh no! Yeah, you know, I, I've had to. Not that I. Uh, I don't really condone violence, but they're absolutely women. I'm not friends with it anymore because they got a little hangry. Um, did her name did her, her name end with the letter A? Uh no. I'm no, surprised. No, no. But did it end with a vowel? Uh yeah. Well okay, yeah. Y is kind of a vowel. But yeah, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. It happens. Uh oh. See you, Tim Dunn. So anyway. <laughs> did you do you love her? No, I just love you. And she just think about it, she's like, you know, as mad as I am, I can't pull the trigger because I'm still attracted to him. It's like, why should I let her win? Take her man. Like, why should I let her take a man from me? That's the whole thing. Why should I let her win? Like, that's a win. Yeah. But it's her, a, pride and, her pride and bird ego. Her, but his backhand was strong, so. Yo. Yo, he didn't like I mean, beating somebody's ass in in the regular term typically is not like you know uh, a three move thing. He beat her ass. Um, he got the advantage on the plant to the ground. Like he, yeah, my man, did his thing. He put in some work really quickly. He put the gun on her, and she started crying. Yeah, I guess. this. That was never a fight he was going to. We we they're at the toxicity level is up high on this one. To the point where she got mad at herself. 
I'm sorry. Yeah. And he pointed a gun at somebody. You know what? If I was more mad at you, you'd be dead and walked away. Wow. And it's, it went from her having righteous anger justified to her blaming herself. It was like, that's a t- boy, CJ yeah. would be proud. That was a absolutely a uh, uh, future mixtape. So, yeah, Henry Hill was on his future. Karen, Karen deserves less. Volume <laughs> You're one. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, while all this is going on, we go back to Spider. And that's the whole thing is like how funny time is. You see Spider, he gets shot, and now we're back seeing Spider again. He got a bandage on. It's like, this is, what's this, like a week later? I almost later. thought it was the, like the next day or two. I was like, what Not the? to make light of Tory Lane and Meg Stallion, but didn't hit no bones, didn't hit no tendons. Spider was safe. Mm-hmm. So you still can't joke. So Spider, you got there. You got the, you know, that bandage almost as big as your goddamn head. <laughs> he's gonna be out here with crutches and he's time still cracking jokes like that and you know people just have it enough and they say something they shouldn't say but like you know what the hell it's like go fuck yourself Tommy oh, oh instigators pulled up <laughs> they sure boy did that and instigators like that and you know the problem is you can tell Tommy ain't the one to take a joke from certain people yeah he can dish it out but he can't and you know what's funny I'm kind of like that. Like, I'm a bully, but certain people, when they joke back, I'm like, oh, I got to hit you with my car. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like, my sense of humor is kind of one-sided when it comes to certain people. Like, I like joking on people. But certain people say the wrong thing to me. I'll just laugh it off like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I'm going to catch you with a bat. So I know exactly <laughs> time. Because Tommy had this face like, oh, a word. And then, why you out there? Oh, what's the world coming to? You going to let him say that? Shoot some six times. This is the fucking world coming to. No, he ended to the, the clip. point, which was so bad about it. They didn't think Spider was dead. That's the crazy part. Oh, he's dead. They were so caught up in the joke that they didn't understand that Spider was dead. Randy Oda had to go check him and make sure he was dead. Robert Hill was just like, damn, why you playing so much? <laughs> they thought he was dead. Tommy, he's dead. I got a good aim. What you expect? <laughs> he told Tommy. He had to be the grave of These people do not value other people's lives. I, at home. I ain't got no. You got to dig your own. Ain't the first time I dig a fucking hole. Yeah, he had no, no cares about that. And it ain't the first time he dug a hole. You know what they dug a hole? A hole for? We kind of skipped past that scene. We didn't go back to it. Billy Bats. <laughs> but Billy Bats had it coming, though. He definitely had it coming. And his mama with my man in the trunk. Oh, uh, you know, it's just you know, we hit a deer. It's all right. Yo, they kept my man in the trunk. Went to go have dinner with his mom. That's fucking free in the morning. And she out. Oh, you want some meatballs? I'll uh, cook some up for you. And old moms will do that. Like, oh, I got some cornbread. I can throw it up for you, baby. Mm-hmm. Like two in the morning. It is happy to see they baby. So anyway, really bats. Part again, be no fan. Play by Frank Vincent. It's kind of like you know he used to always mess with Tommy. Tommy's a little kid, and it's like you know the person like it's that same vibe like Terrence Howard's messing with Lorenz Tate and Dead Presidents. And I realized like it's a certain point where them jokes don't hit anymore because that little kid growing up like oh I remember Tommy used to call you know Tommy Shoeshine man he had this shoe shine and everything like that and he was just great shoe glisten like the moon and he's like no I'll do that no more. I'm just busting your balls, ain't like that. Don't worry about it. I'm just cracking jokes. Like, all right, but I don't do that no more. He's like, all right, now go get your fucking shine box. 
man did it to himself. He should have known. Hey, he off. He, he took took his date home first. He took his date home, and he said he was just basically he basically said what I was saying. I'll be back. Don't worry. Make sure, make sure he don't leave. I got him. Keep that motherfucker here. And they made a big point about can't hit a maid, man. He he um he protected. You gotta get permission, and if you ask for permission, you don't get it. You might get whacked, and blah blah blah, and all this stuff. And all it took was an insult, and they forgot all about that. And keep in mind, they ride or die because you know Jimmy out there landed the first punch, Tommy strangled him, and it's laughing. Remember all this the slander Robert De Niro got for his kicks in the Irishman? <laughs> yeah, that's because that movie came out like thirty years after this one. That's why Robert De Niro wasn't Robert De Niro wasn't young when Goodfellas came out. But at least these stops had some like weight to them. Them stops in twenty eighteen, I'm like y'all should have spent a little bit more on the CGI. Or had like Chris Helmsworth do that shit and then double. <laughs> so they stopped the shit out of him. I think they shoot him in the mouth. And it's like, all right, we got to do something about this. Because like, you know, we hit a made man. We're not supposed to. So we got to hide him. So they bury him. And then they got bury him. They got to unbury him and bury him again. Because somebody built condominiums at that spot. And uh Henry Hill's about to die doing this too. He wants no parts of this shit. And they're laughing at him. Oh, I see a, I see a leg. I see a wing. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Not really built for what he thought he was built. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you know? What happened to your car? I, I got hit a skunk. Yo. Come on, like, girls. <laughs> think about how bad that must have smelled. And again, the idea that. She don't know what a skunk smell like. <laughs> she had to gloss over a lot of things um, to kind of accept her reaction. It's pretty ridiculous. There's not no damn skunk. It smells like a body. <laughs> my, husband, my husband out here, he's not one of nine to five schmucks. He's making moves for his family. Because they treat nine to five like, you out here, some low paying job. you just a fucking loser. What the, who that sound like? LLC Twitter? Yep. <laughs> I'd rather make. Five thousand, my own money. Then somebody paying me fifty thousand, cause I'm out here. I'm out here making it. I ain't no wage slave like you. It's nice you that way. We built different. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you should be happy us wage slaves out here doing COVID. That fucking scarf you still ain't doing shit right now. <laughs> nobody going outside the front. Yeah. Now I got no issue with entrepreneurship, but this movie make a big deal about how look at that like. He's out here fighting for a wage. Just oh, he drive a truck. He met like he out here shoveling the snow. Yeah, what a chump. Like all right, and you just robbing people. But that's the that's in that in all those types of movies though. All those gangster movies, you know, they set up just like Blow. Like he was looking at his dad like, yo, this dude working nine to five. Nah, I can't. I can't have this. I gotta make money. Yeah. So anyway, it's intervention time. You know, it's intervention because Paulie show up. It's like, all right, you gotta go home. Karen came to the crib. We see what's going on, obviously, because we up here in the Guma's apartment, and that's all well and good. But she gotta go home. You know, just <laughs> it's just it's optics. It's like you know, you can't divorce her. Oh shit. We're not we're not anemia. We're not animals. And Jimmy make a whole thing like she ain't gonna divorce him. She kill him, but she ain't gonna leave him. 
And that whole thing is like, it's not even a moral thing. It's an optics thing. It's a perception. You can't have a family out here looking sloppy. Like, she coming to she come to my crib complaining about you, all that look. And he got a point. It's like... And also, she know too never, much. It should never get to that point where she's going to Paulie complaining about her husband spending not spending time with the family because he out with his whore. Yeah. Like yeah. the whole set looking nuts. Yeah, but you know... Everybody else knows how to balance it. I'm not. I'm not sure I've ever. It, I don't know about this, bro. Can you but, imagine? Because we all like positions like relatively leadership. Can you imagine if somebody came up to you and be like, "Oh, um, can you talk to your technician? Can you talk to like your coworker, your underling, everything like that?" Because he out here with his jump ball. I can see him on Instagram, the chat. Can you talk to him? I'm like, oh, no, boy. <laughs> no. Yeah, um, I'm not getting in that. <laughs> that ain't none of my business. Yeah, but it's such a family thing. Like they, everybody going on vacations together. Like everybody's kind of like, it's a fake thing when we all out in the street earning everybody's family and everybody look out for each other. Like any whole bunch of outsiders, like oh, it's somebody that nobody know, and they going on a you know this bread and be- breakfast trip. That shit ain't flying. It's like everybody know everybody when we going somewhere because we need to know how everybody rolling. So that happens like, oh, you know, in the meantime, go to Florida, you know, Tommy and Jimmy's going to go down. You can go down there. So it's Florida getting money. And it's a trip up because it's some dude that own money and they want to feed him to the alligators. And his sister is a typist for the FBI. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Just flip up on nothing. Wait a minute. They were about to feed him to a lion. Actually, I was like, what the fuck? And then oh, oh, I got the body. I can get it. I can get it now. Oh, I bet mm-hmm. you can get it now. Like, it must have been the first time that happened. They must actually eat people there because they gave the money quick. And then she out there, she snitched on everybody, so including her brother. Everybody. Yeah, I don't need no sister like that. Don't snitch on me, too. Shit. <laughs> so anyway, they get time. Jimmy gets Jimmy getting time. Henry getting time. Getting like nine years. They serving at different things. And it's like the whole, yeah, jail. We out with the animals. They all together. Nah, we out here chilling. We got lobster, we got shrimp, we got steak on ice. Oh, they were eating. Paulie up there doing a year, cutting um, onions with a razor. So uh, cutting garlic with a razor, so it melt good in the sauce. And you know what I noticed for the first time watching this? Paulie had a damn manicure. Thumbnails, <laughs> thumbnails had clear polish. And I had never noticed that because I watched it on my projector when I watched the movie. I'm like, you know what? This old school wise guy got his nails. Oh, bleak. Some shit. Shiny as hell. I'm like, like I said, Paul, the a liar. It's pretty much a vacation for them. Yeah, they really won't jail. <laughs> they were chilling, man. Yeah. On the way they had De Niro. They had De Niro stashed somewhere in that site. Everybody <laughs> else was kicking it, though, boy. They was, De Niro, they, was in, they was at Olive Garden. They was all down. De Niro was in the same jail with Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy in life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, man. He was Gray angry. He came back real great when he came out. <laughs> He's seen some things. Absolutely. Making steak and steak, making sauce. Mother, we putting too many onions. Yeah, it's like mm. you got two cups of tomato sauce and three onions. That shit's hard. That's too much. What are you doing, bro? That's way too much. No, too much, no, too much onions. So wait a minute. When they when they all got out, Henry was the last one that got out there. He he was here. He was the last to get out. Just there for a year. Okay. So he was already there. Um, and then people go off different time. Like Henry and um, Jimmy, they were supposed to do like nine years before time. So they out here, you know, 
cooking and chilling and everything like that. And also, you know, Henry pick up a little drug habit, give them pills. Oh boy. That his wife bringing in. And this is Henry can't help himself. You got you know, you're already doing time. You want stuff to be easy as possible. You want you got your wife smuggling stuff in. And she checked the registry and you got your jump off name on there as as a allowed visitor. Nigga, wow, what, what I mean, doing? he he had a point though. He can't stop nobody from coming there. He won't thinking about that. No, he no, he said something. He didn't have a point, Jeff. He he, he said words. Um, <laughs> he had a point together. It was not a point. Listen, listen, you know listen, listen. That's you like, absolutely so, not come out when people show up. Wait, say that again. Listen, say that again, Jeff. Yeah, what? Listen, listen, <laughs> listen to me. He had a point. He can't stop nobody from coming there. You know what that sound like? That's not like Trump bragging talking about he brought football back. Come on, man. Chill out. Chill out. I just read that shit, that too. That was his point, too. And you see Biden's face? He's like, yeah, that's a face. Like, motherfucker, what? Oh, that's man. the face I'm making right now. He had a point. I can't stop who coming up there. You put your name on the, You put her name on the ledger. Yes, you can stop who coming up there. Don't write her name in. How about that? I thought the, I thought they signed in. No. The business was like, he wrote the name in. To give her permission to be there. Oh, okay. That's why she was eating. Yeah. Point miles. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I was wrong. I didn't know. Come on now. Mister. Well, at least he missed I with mean, the lamp. He, his aim was off. His wow. aim was off. Oh, I got my eye on you. Fun <laughs> York boys move different. So Chill out. She get pissed and she throwing bread. Like, you take this shit. I'm smuggling this bread and these tomatoes. And the kids, they're crying. And she complained about how they, that's the whole thing. Everybody talked about family. We be a family. Y'all take care of each other. You in jail. That family shit go away. Nobody give us any money. Paulie ain't see us once since he's been back. I asked for some money that y'all owe. Somebody owed me. They said to go to the police station to ask for welfare. Can you imagine that happening in The Godfather? Oh, Michael won't go let no shit like that happen. Mm-mm. You think Vito's like, yeah, Go um go get some social so go get some welfare. <laughs> no, and it just shows like the decline of like the mob mentality. Like how the mobs were trading like the early 20th century is like they a family family. Everybody take care of each other, we keep stuff in-house, and it's like if somebody struggles, we pull you up. To by the time you get this point, it's like, yeah, we all eating, it's good. It's like that whole, it's like Pete did it's like, oh, you hit that second album, you can play about your masters. <laughs> that mean? I know what you talking about. Is that part of that same vibe? Like, um, get in where you fit in. And he realized when he gets out, he gotta make money his own way. Hey, he gotta do. Can we just talk? Stuff. Can we talk about the officer who saw that shit go down and just tried to ignore it because he wanted a peaceful day? Yeah. And he looked. He his- want, yo, now he didn't want no peaceful day. He was in on. He was getting Italian dinners every evening. He was like, yo. <laughs> He was trying to keep it. Done with that sauce. That loaf of bread they snuck in was his loaf of bread. You know what? As long as it don't get too crazy, we don't let this go. But yeah, she had. We brought out the fucking food. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He pulled out a bag of dope at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't regular. And put that shit in his jumpsuit. He had he had his Vice City jumpsuit on and put that <laughs> shit in his pockets. Cause that cause that's how you know time went by. Cause he went by the time he was on my out of jail, he was just like Tommy Brissetti. Yeah. And he picked up a dope habit, and Paul was like, you know, 
I know you had to do what you had to do when you was in jail. Don't be slinging that shit. Yeah, all right, okay. Nah, I don't know what you're talking about, huh? What? Don't, <laughs> don't, be, don't, be, don't be out here looking at me like I'm a fool. Don't be lying in my face. Because Paulie know that's the whole thing. Paulie know what's going on. He's like, look, you did what you had to do. Don't have me up here hemmed up. Because the homie down the street, somebody was talking to him they were supposed to. He's doing 20 years. He's going to die in prison. That ain't going to be me. Spoiler alert. It was him. Mm-hmm. Probably was right to worry about that. Because all these gangster movies, come out, don't get into, like, it's a lot of money in that dope, but that shit always goes sideways. Don't All the old school ones is like, don't do it. And all the young school ones like, you got to make that money. And the whole thing was, he wasn't earning. They wasn't taking care of him. So he need to make money. So he go out here, hit his Pittsburgh Connect, start slinging, making so much money. Like, you bringing in, bringing Tommy, bringing Jimmy. Even though Paul, like, don't hang with them. You know, Jimmy out here, he reckless, he wild. You know, Tommy, you know, Tommy be hot. Tommy, like, DMX third album. <laughs> he was damn uh, Tommy from fucking what? Uh, bud. Belly. Yeah, Bud. <laughs> so, but money speak. They out here making money. And here comes the beginning of the end, or like the beginning of the downfall. Of tons of heist. Oof. This way, shit went sideways. Yo, so and, how much did that inspire? Like, that must have inspired the the jewel heist in Grand Theft Auto Four. Not the exact motion, but all the things that happened after. Like this thing goes well, and you get everything that you're supposed to get, but everything breaks from that point. But but yes, absolutely. And keep in mind, this is. This movie is based on a true story. Mm-hmm. So this stuff really happened. Yep. And like I said, biggest heist in American history. I don't know if it still has the record, but that was at the time. So basically, they $5 million, they had everybody, you know, Tommy No-Nos and Jimmy the Wop got to get the people. Such and such got to have them tied up, make sure they don't, you know, hit the guard button. Even Stax Edwards. Stax. Samuel L. Jack, he find a way. Any movie we you watch. <laughs> Out here strolling, strolling in here. It's like, yeah, everybody likes stacks. Yeah, he out here, he probably like, he play a saxophone. Probably know where the good weed at. It's like, they ain't really friends. But like, and we need somebody. He hang around the lounge. I, I, he hangs around the lounge. Stacks absolutely you know cool was. You got to be, to be like, the nigga that hangs around the, the gangster lounge. Like. And, and he's also a fool, too. Because that, yeah, they don't really like you. But yeah. here's the thing. They like you enough to involve you in this big ass heist. Yeah. And yeah. you do an important thing. So it ain't like, oh, he just cool. Other it's people like, have trucks. He he <laughs> he was find a truck. He was cool to a certain extent. Jeff, five million dollars. I hear Italians. He ain't Italian. He ain't white. They need him to get rid of the truck. Right. That's an important thing. It is. So it's I just like it's a lot of people I know that's cool. We ain't like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We're about to hit this look. You wanna drive, you know, you wanna drive the truck? Cause you cool. Yeah. But <laughs> like, like I said, they had him at arm's length. Enough. Like, do the job, you cool, thanks a lot. But we ain't you ain't coming to eat oh, no absolutely the first like <laughs> hey, we're gonna talk about it. he was the first one to die. Yeah. Like, you ain't coming to eat no meatballs yeah, with us or done. Yeah, he wasn't part of the like I said. He wasn't part of Inner Circle, but he was part enough to, like, I'm going to get you in this heist. Yeah, he was cool enough. They could have had somebody else drive the damn truck, but they had him for a reason. So, anyway, you don't see the, the thing happen. And who starts this Maury? Look at this thing. Five million dollars. I need my money now. He wants money up front, even before it go on. 
I need my money. Look, I, Jim, I need my money. Where my money at? I, I hate him money. so much. My money. I need my fucking money. <laughs> money, 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 money. Like the damn Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Like, out. What's wrong with you, buddy? You got some bookies after you? You got some... What's going on? Why you need your money so fast? You are pestering people who had you yoked up in your own spot. Right. You. That's like poking a, a goddamn person that's punched you in the face and knocked you out once. Nah, I'm just going to try it again. Nah, I got this this time. It's going to work out. I always me. say... A lot of people fought Wolverine once in the comics. Ain't a whole lot of people who fought him twice. <laughs> and he out here, like, he swear he's saber tooth. <laughs> I can keep doing this all day. Yeah. Tell Jimmy, I to tell Jimmy I need my fucking money. <laughs> it's my plan. Because it was his plan. And plan go off without a hype, without any issues. Because Henry Hill finds out in the shower. It's like, you know, crew say might be four, so $5 million. And here's the whole thing. You know the funny thing is? And I've been there where you got money and you're supposed to give it out. It's like, uh. yeah, think about that. You know, like we got to, it's easy to do it when it's, a, when it's a bill you have to pay. You just hit that button. But it's like, you know, you hitting like a cash app, a PayPal. You're like, you see that number is like, you know, hit that pay button. You be thinking about like, it hit a little different. Yeah. <laughs> do I really want to do that? You think about that for a while. And Jimmy like, nah, I don't really want to do that. That's his whole thing. He hit off. He gave Henry some money. He gave Paul his share. He probably hit off time with something. And everybody else, he was getting pissed because they was out there spending that. What y'all here getting a Cadillac for? Pink Cadillac. They was out here wilding. Yo, they was wilding the pink fuck out. Cadillac. They was walking into the spot. Like, pulled up in a new car. Pulled up in a new coat. Like, yo, like. What are we I doing? I really told you this what we can't do. It's in my mama's name. It's a wedding gift. I don't give a damn. What's the matter with you? Told you don't spend What's no the fucking money. The music went off. What's the matter with you? I told you not to spend any money out here by the fucking new car. What's the matter with you? And you know what, Robert De Niro, man, he got that. Like, because he said, "What's the matter?" Like five times. As <laughs> soon as he finished lecturing him, the next person come in. Woman got um, got the American gangster fur coat. Yeah, yep. well, that was uh, Tariko. <laughs> Mike Tariko wore it. <laughs> Excuse me, excuse me. Take off his coat. What's the matter? I told him to spend your money. Fold that up. Take wherever you need to take it. That's my coat. What are you doing with my coat? (laughs) You say you're trying to be smart. Even Harry did that. They like you know. Here's your money. Don't you know? Be wild. Chill out. And what's the first thing Harry did? Karen, I got the most expensive, the most expensive (laughs) tree they had. That was I a little swear. different because that was in the house. It wasn't you know, like nobody yeah, was going to see it but them. That's true. Yeah. This, people can't that can definitely cost him $98 in 1953, though. Well, hey, nobody, here's the whole thing. <laughs> nobody <laughs> believing in savings. Absolutely hey, not. He's spending that shit like at an expiration date. Oh, you got kids. They might want to go to college. Um, yeah. You know what's funny? This movie would hit a lot different if you substitute the racists. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. the only person who was really flashing money in like American Gangster was, uh, 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 what's my name? Was Nucky. Everybody else was pretty cool. Or Nicky Barnes, not Nucky, I'm sorry. Nicky Barnes the only one really throwing out bread like that. And that um, was a problem. But yeah, yeah they would have called I mean, all kinds of cool spooks and saves yeah. if niggas was out there flashing their bread like that. 
Like Black Mafia family. To be fair, Armand Asante had a house as big as my block. Yeah. And he was still out there shooting stuff for the blunderbuss. Like, mm. that was already a collector's item at that point. So, they out there, and then, what more is, I need my money. I need my fucking money. <laughs> my money. To Jim, I need my money. I need, tell Jim, I need my money. I need my fucking money. And what Henry said, go ask him. He right there. Nah, but tell nah. him I need my money. <laughs> That's all right. I ain't doing that. Yeah, he got a limit. And he gets to the point where Henry, you get that scene, you hear him complaining, and, him, and Jimmy, no. Jimmy smoking that cigarette, and Ronnie looking at him like, you know what? <sighs> Fuck this cash app shit. Yeah, you Kill gotta, this nigga. You gotta go. <laughs> Sorry, I asked the questions. You think, um, think he talked to his wife about his business? As soon as I talk like that, you already know what it's time. It's time to get whacked. Mm-hmm. And when they say it, it yeah. usually comes from a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you don't know where it comes from. And they talk about it, like, you know what, let it go. At first, he's gonna spare him. And then people start, start getting sloppy. We start off with stacks. Stacks will just take the truck. Dump it so it gets smashed. They say he got high <laughs> with his woman. And by the time he woke up, the cops was around. They got fingerprints. They go to the door. Tomorrow he's going to be up at nine. It's like 11 o'clock. Oh, what's up? Yeah, I thought you had a bitch in here. I did. Where's she at? She, she was going to die. Too. Yes, she absolutely. She left at the right time. Yep. Yeah. You're always late, even to your own funeral. Plop! Took one to the back. That man died by hit the Y button. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, Samuel Jackson. Thanks for thanks for yeah, joining the cast. Even even your boy, Mike Tarico, was like, yo, I, I I thought we was gonna talk to him. You just popped my man like that. <laughs> He's gonna think they called me to go. My man really was trying to take the damn. Oh man. Oh, Tarico was wild. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Y'all call him Tariko. <laughs> when you fit the bill, baby, you fit the bill. So anyway, that basically starts a downhill thing where Jimmy's getting paranoid. He's like, you know what? And Henry break it down. The money is, he got it. I got mine. I ain't asking for it because I'm fine slinging this dope. And Jimmy's like, well, I give it to people I ain't got to. So he, he start killing people. Mm-hmm. He's buying people in the trash can. People in the freezer, even Tariko went nope. outside. John wasn't there to save him, though. Spider Wild Banana. The whole crew. Something about he was frozen so hard, it took two days to unthaw for the autopsy. Damn. Yeah. And Maury kept talking that shit, like, all right, I'm pay you. You get in the car, he take an ice pick to the back of the neck. And you know why Mike Tarico died? Because he was dumb. He's like, all right, we're going, going to dump the body. He's like, he gets out the car like, not here, dummy. I mean, he was about to take he, a pot of coffee out the house. We knew it was going to happen to him after that. You know, somebody, you know how people speak a language as a second language, so they take things literally. Uh-huh. And you know, I realized that I had made a joke about um, on Instagram. And I used like a picture of the hurt business. I'm like, you know, when your homies ready to play Call of Duty. And I had a friend who was like, oh, you play Call of Duty? I'm like, what are they talking about? And it's a big picture. <laughs> and like, oh no, that was a joke. That was a meme. And they're like, oh. Oh like, boy. This was their first language, so they read that. They thought it was dead ass serious. <laughs> and that was Frank Carbone. We treat memes like it's a history lesson. 
<sighs> so, so that was the whole thing. Love tons of highs. Like Jimmy just got greedy. Absolutely, absolutely. Saw a way that he could get everything he wanted to out of it, and didn't care who got who got rid of him along the way. And, you know, he thought that even though he wasn't made, my man thought he was on the on the fast track to being made. But he was Teflon. He couldn't be touched. Guess what? You can be touched. And I think part of it was they were so sloppy with how they were moving. He felt like he had to do that anyway. He's like, I don't. We're going to get pitched. Yeah. yeah. That's what I always thought, too, that he also was thinking, yo, these dudes moving's crazy, and I can't have this. So, yeah, y'all got to go. Mm-hmm. And they all went. All of them. <laughs> Damn right. So, get to the good part. Time, I'm going to be made. It's my day. <laughs> Brand new suit on. I'm going to be a made man. It's like he's the only one of the, of the crew that can get made because Jimmy is Irish and Henry's only half Italian. They're like, you got to be full blood Italian so we can track the family all the way to Italy. What type of racist shit is this? <laughs> some damn, like, some we damn, need, we need every drop accounted for. Some damn blade shit. <laughs> plus only. Yeah. That was a thing. That was a big sticking point. And the Godfather was like, they a lot of old heads wasn't trusting Vito Corleone because he made Paul Higgins consigliere. He's like, you trust a German Irish? What's wrong with you? He's like, that's how he's like, that's how I knew the dial was washed up. Doing some goofy shit like that. So, yeah, he out here, yeah, we get made. It's like, you know, you get made, you get to do what you want to any unmade person. He got his nice suit on. And you know what? Tommy's thinking everything cool. It's these two old men. It's like, oh, when you get made 30 years ago. As soon as he opened up the door and he saw the table way up in the corner and nothing there, he knew. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no. And Too late. Once the back of the he knew. And unlike the casino, Unlike Casino, it was sad when he caught it. Because Casino was like, yeah, that nigga had it coming. Yeah, that shit coming. Yeah. You committed mad atrocities <laughs> across the state of the time. You know what's hilarious about the whole situation is the fact that in both movies, he's playing horrible people. But in Goodfellas, he plays in a way where it's like, yeah, he's bad, but that's the homie. And it's like, you kind of need somebody like them. He keeps shit moving. It's like, you want something like that. You know, you want somebody like that in your corner. So you kind of feel away when he died because it's kind of like you think he finally going to get made. But it's basically like his past catching up to him. And Casino is like, <laughs> I was happy when he got these shovels to the face. I like, think everybody was. Because he was just, you know what it was? It's the whole thing messing with um, De Niro's girl. Uh-huh. That's the thing. Yeah. So it's kind of like loyalty him out the window. So anyway, he gets the call like, oh, what happened to Tommy? Oh, you know, a problem happened. And, you know, it didn't go away. It's over. You know, basically, like, Tommy ain't coming here no more. Jimmy know what that means. Because it's the one time you see him show, like, true emotion that's not, like, involving, like, greed or criminal shit. It's like he about to. Now, people, you've been around men. It's like they want to cry. But it's almost like they can't. Like they just been designed not to. Mm-hmm. He just got all this rage. The man slammed the phone. He almost just kick over a phone booth. You know how goddamn strong you gotta be to kick over a phone booth? You gotta feel it. Yeah. You gotta feel it. 
That man had some juggernaut strength from old ass knees. He's like, what happened? <laughs> Tell me. Tell me what. And they couldn't, and they said they can't do nothing because it was like what they say, a real grease ball thing. Yeah. Basically, they found out what happened with Billy Bats and a whole bunch of other stuff because they were scared. Oh, you know Billy Bats? Oh, he came to the spot. Did I see him since? Yeah, because Paulie kept asking about it. He's like, they keep coming to me asking me, you know anything? I don't, I don't know nothing. Yeah, okay. What's in my boss? <laughs> I don't know. He just he came up with the spot and then uh, and, he was back. I don't know. <laughs> and this is and this is when he started was in his coke phase, right? This had to be when uh, he started coke when he was uh you know questioning him because he was lying a lot uh, during the I mean, he was lying throughout the whole movie, but his lies were just catching up with him on this one because he was just like acting erratic. Yeah, so the coke phase. So this is where Henriette now. So he's slinging coke. He got a new girl. He's like, oh, she, you know, she snoring almost as much as she packed, but she good, good job. I just got to tell her I love her and everything like that. And we out here making money. And now Jimmy, I can paranoid because try to sell him some guns. Someone, like, you don't feel the size I want. I can't do nothing with this shit. And he, and this one, Henry basically had the day from hell. It's like, I got to run the Jimmy spot with the gun. <laughs> and I got to pick up this dope. And I got to pick up my brother at the hospital, take him home. And he go in there, he had to hit both brakes on because he almost ran to somebody to the point. You know how bad you got to be sick that Clay Davis gives you a volume? Clay Davis, <laughs> looking the exact same age yep. in 1990 that he looked in 02. Um, and then he looked again in fucking uh, Five he Blood. Dropped, Spike Lee movie, The Five Bloods, um, as, as the black doctor. And, and I, I always find it super fascinating. And, I, I guess I want to give Scorsese credit, and I also want to give the guy who's named the Sopranos credit, but this whole idea of black people just being less only exists when there's three Italian people in the room. When it's just one of them, I'm like, oh, here's a perfectly competent person who I know can do the exact job that I need. I don't actually have any animosity to. And I have to look cool in front of my friends. It's just oh. such... But also something to take into account is the time frame. By this, by now we're like in the eighties. Yeah. So it's kind of like you know stuff stalled out. It's like you know you uh, the black people actually doing stuff besides playing <laughs> the sax, besides playing the saxophones. Like oh you look hell. Let me look at your son. Take the volume. Pick up his brother at the hospital. You gonna chop them all here and mix the sauce. The whole time he's looking at the Grand Theft Auto helicopter. <laughs> Yo. I thought it was just local police. Bro, they're hovering right over the whole time. And he's seeing it. People think he's paranoid. He's like, he's seeing he look here, and he just moves. The problem is, the whole thing, don't get high off your old supply. He gets, so not only is he getting high, he lit, and his crew is sloppy. Yeah. What do you say? Don't call from the spot. I got the babysitter. I got my uh, paraplegic brother. Um, I got my wife. Who ain't trusted me since '58? Yeah, he had a nasty yeah. crew. Yeah, but the babysitter was the the babysitter was the problem, though. The babysitter definitely was the problem because she said everything over the phone, and that's when they had the records of the whole conversation. Oh, on the spot, whatever you do, oh, I heard you. What's he say? Nothing. And like, what's that first thing she do? Is call from the spot? <laughs> then we learned that from Belly. Then right. They say, then they get the power like, do don't call from the spot. Yep. Do not call from the spot. Not only that. I can't go on the plane without my hat. Oh boy. Yo, what? I'm a lucky hat. I need my lucky hat. I don't fly without it. 
He's like, I don't got time for all this. Well, you got to go get it. And I'm like, this ain't some Karen shit right here. Yeah, you killed a bunch of people. You don't got no problem beating your wife and throwing a gun on her. But you can't, like, psych the babysitter, like, a little bit to make her act right? All right. Yeah, the coke, the coke was really in the system because if he was sane, he would have like just get in a goddamn car mm-hmm. and let's go. He would have no conviction at all. Part of that is like he ain't like it's more like you know Rocky, Rocky five, and not Rocky, Rocky three as far as his mindset. Also, it's kind of like everything don't work with every woman. It's like that Karen, like I'm, some of them Karens is like, you ain't going to do nothing to me because you need yeah. me. I call the cops. Like she ain't in the game like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm doing so you she, a favor. Yeah. I'm not fucking you. I don't love you. I got no feeling for you. You're not going to whoop my ass and I'm just going to take it because I need something on the back. No, sir. No, sir. So that's what happens. So they get, he go back to the hat. They about to leave, get arrested by the police. And then Karen wild out. She dump all the dope, shoved the gun in her crotch. <laughs> yeah, that, hey, I'm not gonna lie, that was the sexy part of the movie though. She had a little, a little lingerie on, a little, little, put a little gun down. I said, like, okay, uh, I, I see what you're doing. Yeah, we knew, we know who grew up watching Alien more than once. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, it's kind of like going downhill for Henry. Cause like, not only he got arrested, he got arrested for drugs. After Paulie specifically told him, leave the drug shit alone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I gotta find a way to escape. And if we don't get out the fan, like they're gonna kill us. They'll kill us in jail because we get out. We gotta get out. And Karen, like, no, I'm gonna leave this life. And he's like, what life? We ain't got a life anymore. And then gets out. It's like, all right, I saw that brick to make that money. I flushed it down the drain. You what? They ain't gonna find it. They weren't gonna find it. And she was right. She was a hundred percent correct. There was nowhere to put that brick but down the drain. Yeah, she was right. Yeah. He didn't want to. He didn't want to believe or hear that, but she did the right thing. He thinking that they're there on something else. He yeah. thought they was kind of like whether well, he was searching for that. That was his mindset. He's like, it is happening sting on the dope. And part of it was they wanted to clean the equipment because they bring in the, the spatulas in there and the calendars. And it's like, it's just all this white shit on there. And it's like, this is not Rayquan and Ghostface doing the Cuban link. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you look at it. Yeah, you're going to jail for a long time, fuck off. <laughs> so, he gave that speech to Paulie. I'm so sorry. Like, treat me like a schmuck. Look me dead in my eyes and lie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help it. I'm, I know I couldn't come to you. I was embarrassed. And he's like, here, take this. Man, I got to turn my back. $200. For a lifetime of service. Yep. Mm. Oof. Mm. Cold game. Man. My 401ks ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> $3,200. I mean, he had every right. I mean, they want us to excuse him telling, and I get that part, but, you know, $3,200 is probably more than what he For how many all years? You, since what, all since you he did was break the rules. All you did was what I told you not to do. That. But he only like, broke, the only thing, but he everybody was breaking the rules. So it wasn't, you know what I mean? Like, he was just doing what he saw everybody else do. But hey, a lot Jeff. of people got shot, though. 
If everybody was jumping out the window, would you jump out the window? Cut it out. <laughs> you know I would. career was jumping out the window. Uh, <laughs> but for real, for real, like he, um, you know, like you broke all these rules and I gave you bread instead of putting you in the dirt like I did a lot of people. I, every dollar you got is an extra dollar than somebody else got. You got 3,200 more readers to be loyal than fucking, uh, what's my man's name, Joe Pesci did. He got popped. It was a wrap. And you were, in, at the very least, you at least rocked with him on the shit that he did because he fell about him. So, yeah. why did you affect him? Yeah. What did he do? Hey. And he did, absolutely told him, do not mess with uh, Pesci and uh, De Niro. And don't mess with the dope. Yep. So be happy. I'm giving you what I gave you based on your lifetime of service. So it was like, you have to give him nothing. So I get that. But I'll be feeling sorry too, like this is. <laughs> you can't give me, you can't give me five bands or something. Come on, bro. I would get mad. If I got, let me tell you something. I would get mad if I got that check right now. <laughs> Somebody gave me $3,200. That was, and that's just from like two weeks of work. I'm like, where the rest of it? So imagine you 30 something years. Your 401k is like, um, so what was I putting my five percent? You was matching, right? <laughs> like what? Happened? Oh, I, I won't match it. Just to let <laughs> we won't yeah. match it. <laughs> yeah. So he going to Jimmy. Jimmy by this point, Jimmy got the gray hair. He got the lines in his face, and he ain't cool with Jimmy no more. He like want to see like hey, y'all motherfuckers keep messing with me. What's the fuck going on? So he, he already kind of looking. He already know Henry kind of shaky anyway. He's like. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I told you, like, you don't drugs alone, mess up your brain. But anyway, we family. Why don't we go to Florida? Pick a hit out. It was like, Uh-oh. he never asked me to do a hit. Now, so I'm going to, after 30 something years, like, oh man, you know, yeah, Edelman, I know you've been a slot receiver all this time. Think about being tight end for the team. <laughs> like, um, I'm like 34, sir. Like, no. Why'd you ask me to do that now? I was going to get the team. Help out the cat. Nah, it's like it's a hit. he's like I go to Florida, I ain't coming back. So he already know, and he know Jimmy enough to know how Jimmy move. Yeah, the so they talked about that the whole movie. It was like, yo, when they hit you, it ain't loud. It oh, oh, not to mention that he he tried to hit his wife too. Yeah. Oh, you make a call, you pick it up right around there. Go through that alley. It's right there. Yeah, keep walking. Well, she was see smart. all them. See all them suspicious Italian people in the dark <laughs> that stop talking and looking at you since you walk by? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Go in there. Man, fuck you. I'm gone. That's how you know Jimmy ain't got no more because that shit was like some Looney Tune shit. <laughs> nah, that ain't Elmer. Is that Elmer Fudd? Nah, that ain't Elmer Fudd. That's just a hat. on a hat rack. Go, go walk down the street and see this dark-ass alley that's in this side little restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a bunch of four... Suspicious looking dudes. They gonna all stare at you and stop talking and look at you. Yeah, go talk to them. Yeah. They're gonna help you. He was better off just doing it himself when he had her in um in that, you know, that building before she left out. So at this point they realize they got all right, we gotta go witness protection. Cause it's like they trying to knock us off. And he's like, Oh, I wanna go somewhere warm. I got I got bronchials. <laughs> Like, Man, like sugar. Man, I don't want to hear that shit. You go where we let you tell you you going to go. I'm just saying, you, it can't be you, somebody that got the travel shit. shit. <laughs> Fuck all that. You going to give up these names. Like, and she's like, I ain't trying to leave. Dude, like, you know what? We don't need her. 
I mean, we just need you. So we're just doing that for a favor. It was like, you know, you go there, they can't touch you. The only way they can touch you is they touch her, the family. If she out there, she's going to get knocked off. But do what you want to do. I don't care. Like, like do it or don't. I got places to be. Mm-hmm. So he do it. They go in there. And they get the 6-9 on. Mm. Yeah, he the head of the family. Paulie. Yeah, the dude that with no neck that don't move. Hell. <laughs> and Paulie out there like this. I gave this most. I should have gave this $3,200. Now he's like, yeah, I should have kept it in my wallet. Yep. He out there looking mad. Jimmy out there with his glasses like, nah, they don't do nothing. <laughs> you think it's light. So he snitch. They go to the jail. He get put witness protection. He's like, I'm, I don't got the life no more. I ordered spaghetti with marinara sauce. They gave me egg noodles and ketchup. Ew. I got wait in line. I'm just a schnook. <laughs> it's like I'm just living hard. Better call. If any of y'all watch Better Call Saul, them, them scenes when he just like it, his new life at the Cinnabon are Oof. so damn depressing. It's sad. It's so fucking sad. <laughs> so sad. And sad shit keep happening to him. Like one time he got he got locked in like the alleyway. And yeah. Hit the door, hit the door and set the alarm off. He don't want the cops there. And then one time he actually snitched on the homie that steals something. He feel guilty about it. He like, don't talk. The cops are like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, oh yeah, I gotta forget that. It's just, and he's showing in black and white like, yeah, this is just like, yeah, you're alive, but shit. And that's how he is. And then it's like the epilogue is like, you know, Paulie died in prison. Like he feared he was gonna happen. You know, Jimmy got such and such years. He went and got paroled till 2004. Henry couldn't even stay clean for like what five years. Yeah. He did not him on probation, and he stayed clear ever since. And then Karen eventually leave. Yeah. I always laugh at those like you know people who get married for like 20 some years they get divorced. Yeah. I'm like 25 years. Yeah. Like, what, what went wrong? You wasn't cool no more, man. I mean, you, danger, man. Like, at that point, you would just be like, fuck it. You a white. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you old enough, it's like, ah, fuck all that. I still got some time. So it happened. Yeah. I guess, but 25 years, you ain't starting over again, I don't think. Yeah. I mean, you might, but shit. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Yeah, that's how the movie ends. Yeah. That, that was good, fellas. So. You get the short version from Cam when you get the long extended version. From <laughs> I'm still laughing at that synopsis. Yeah, man. synopsis. So, so this happened and then this happened. This I'm like, oh, goddamn movie. I've seen him. I've seen this um, South Congress shit going on. My <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, I had to play what happened. Uh, so yeah, uh, Cam, I appreciate you coming through for this episode. Uh, I definitely want to do this again, and I think the perfect movie to do it will be Casino. Uh, oh, God. I'm just going to guess the whole time. Oh, God. See, see what y'all missed. See what y'all don't understand is the minutia. <laughs> so, you're wearing a cowboy hat and you're playing on Here's the- why I say Casino can never be considered better than Good Don't bring up the James Wood shit. James Wood uh, is a casino. No, you, need, you need an actual license. Yes, that automatic, and he is way too good at being a dirty ass pimp. Yeah, he's yeah. like I'm like Jay, and and then it's like you look at some of the roles, like what was the movie he's playing, like a, like the head of a clan, something like that. Like, head oh, of the clan, like, uh, 
doctor any perfect. given Sunday. Uh, shit. What else was he? An asshole and then. The ass, the Maven, and the specialist with um Stallone and Sharon yeah. Stone. It's like I seen James Wood like one movie. He's playing a good guy. That shit did not his his face too damn narrow. <laughs> That's good in like three episodes of Family Guy, but he's also like a serial killer in like two. So yeah, yeah. so and it's kind of like and the difference between Casino and Goodfellas is kind of like you can see yourself rooting for the people in Goodfellas to a certain extent. You know, you should. Who are you rooting for in Casino? Um. I was rooting for the guy's mom at the at the deli. And she was like, my son's a fucking idiot. You got an answer finally. You got an answer, Shahid. I couldn't give you one, but he gave you one. Yeah, it's like it's um it's a less likable than Nero, because nobody wants to see De Nero as a simp. Go ahead, that because yeah. he's smart and because it's not his whole thing is I'm not playing a mobster. I'm playing somebody that's crime adjacent. But everybody, exactly. yeah, treat, everybody treat me like a chump because I'm not really like gang affiliated. So they like, you know, I'm you Jew bastard. You like it's a whole bunch of ants. It's a whole bunch of don't tell me what to do. You damn Jew going on with him. Yeah. And that's the well, there any so, black people in that movie. Like, is there a single black person? Maybe somebody, maybe somebody that do this violate for his car that blows. Like somebody. <laughs> The other valet wasn't parking cars. Like he was training. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the first. That's the first time I ever heard the term "sand nigger." I was like, "Oh god!" Oh wow! Like that. They didn't have to say that. Like that was. That's extra. Absolutely. Yeah. ain't showing up in this one. So. (laughs) Can't say like she said the Irishman. At the three hour forty five minute mark. Yeah. Scrubs, oh boy. Wee. So yeah, we gonna hop into that probably like we would say later this year before the year out. We'll get a casino episode out because I just feel it's just right that we do that movie. Uh, before we go, uh, Cam, you can tell everybody who's maybe never heard of you before what you do and where they can find you at and uh, social media and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I am. Um, let me see. Where do you start? I am the co-host of the Pro Wrestling Torch East Coast Cast a weekly wrestling calling show, part of the uh, Pro Wrestling Torch umbrella. You can find that at eastcoastcast.com. Um, it's live every Wednesday evening, 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central, hosted by Travis Bryant, uh, co-hosted by myself and Rich Fan. Um, it actually celebrated its 10-year anniversary last Wednesday, 10, 10. which actually happens to be my, my mother's birthday, one of my best friend's birthdays. Um, why do people have birthdays on 9-23? Because it gets cold in the winter, as told to me by my 7th grade Texas history teacher, Mr. Gray. So anyway, um, that's where you can find me. As far as wrestling goes, I am the host of the South Congress podcast, a uh, weekly podcast talking about the goings-on in pop culture. Um, that's South Congress with a K. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. This last week we talked Breonna Taylor, uh, Wells Fargo, Stallion. Yeah, he's his not. And uh, spent a lot of time talking about Apostle Wise Preach, a uh, preacher from Kenya with a, oh, wow. a very large head, also <laughs> full of himself. You can be both. Apparently. Oh, that uh, man had a head like Modoc. That man, I, I, thought it was it was not, I thought it was Photoshop. He, yeah, it was Brodoc. He absolutely um, had a list. Head. Um, So, yeah, I, I do that. And then a little bit of everything else, man. Um, I have. Um, a, a store on what a maneuver for Black Wrestling Coalition. If you're not familiar, Black Wrestling Coalition is just a, uh, a collective of Black podcasters, wrestling managers, wrestlers, content creators, um, just all kind of 
united to say we're all uh, under a similar umbrella. Even if we don't all work for the same company, we all work towards the same goal. Um, and, and we look to contribute towards the same projects and communities. Um, and so that's going to be kind of getting a bigger look uh, here over the next month or so. If you're a YouTuber, check me out on Boshamania episode 414, reading an excerpt from Hardcore Holly's autobiography. Um, so yeah, a little bit of everything everywhere. Right. Yeah, um, like all. Um, I'm glad he didn't give you know more coverage to that dude that got that AEW shirt. Oh, oh God! Since um, he bought it. To, nah, no, 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 no. Fuck all that. Y'all hate. Y'all hate. No, we ain't. I support you and all your projects. Doctor Umar, another brother, who tries to come up and y'all don't want to see it happen. Oh no, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, can I invite him to the Black, black Wrestling Coalition? <laughs> that might be tight if we get Wrestling Otaku in there. No. He might be like the cornerstone. Oh, no. He would be like, why would I want to be in a black group? It's probably Oof. what he would say. Um, but yeah. What's going on with his hair, though? I thought he was kind of... Never mind. Uh, never mind. Him and his, his non-existent Filipino brethren, like, no. We are not yeah, doing that. He's got to be black. He's got to be black. He's got to, because that his, hair his, is kind of... Look at his grandmother's bedroom. He's got to be black. And he's got the hangers. Um, like, the clothes hanging. Yeah, he's he got it. Oh, so he like... The, he like, so he like on the drawer means you black. He's like Ricochet. Oh, God. Uh-oh. Um... <laughs> so rough. No, because he definitely likes the Tessas, boy. That's his. That's all he likes. Um, let him tell it. I ain't seen him even dabble into anything darker than uh, his grandmother's uh, bedroom wall. So yeah, it's like that. Yeah, Cam so and the people he makes famous, him and, and he gives give progress to black wrestling writers, and he gives unwanted attention. To the bullshit that be coming on the timelines, and he has to understand that he has a strong following, and he need to use that wisely. I would no, think. Duality, guys. I don't want I to use it wisely. I want to use it. A show about using the <laughs> power incorrectly. And no, I want to use it incorrectly. It's more fun. I would. <laughs> I'm glad we did the show during the presidential debate because from what I seen on Twitter, that that thing seemed like it was a damn train wreck. Uh, that's yeah, what like, Twitter's I have, saying. Like, I have to go back and watch it. For the show, I'm sure, but yeah. man, it seems like it was two old men yelling at each other in a different way than it's ever been. Can so, you remember the last time one presidential candidate told no one to shut up? No, yeah, that's wild. I, I don't think that's happened before. And, and, I think the last and, time it happened, Aaron Aaron Burr pulled the Roscoe, and that was that was a wrap. And it's like, oh, you calling out uh, white supremacy? Trump went, like, mm, nah. I don't know. Nah, I'm not nah, I, I ain't doing I that. What's going on in Philly? Like he goes in the proud <laughs> Make sure Ben Simmons don't vote. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. So this was a fun show. It was just weird because we've never done this with three man booth. So it's like once you get your kind of the hardest thing is like when you do three, one person got to kind of serve as the moderator. Mm-hmm. And kind of like like the other two, and Jeff does a good job of doing that because like he likes being in the background. He doesn't mind people shining, and I'm like Paul. He's probably on his chips the whole time. <laughs> I heard that. Chill out, man. You yeah. always snitching, yeah, man. Chops, oh. Shit, stop <laughs> snitching. I heard it the whole damn show. Like that. Oh no, 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 no. That won't be the whole show. I think that was Cam. He was might have been eating some. 
I heard somebody munching on something like these motherfuckers. Right he's too here. quiet, you know, so I know he's done. He, he was doing something. <laughs> that don't sound like nothing I would do ever. Oh, <laughs> that's the thing. We talk about the same thing with wrestling like three man moves. Like it's hard to find a balance because you don't want and we can't see each other. So you don't want to be talking over each other and everything like that. And I think we did a good job once we got our kind of bearings, like let him cook, let him cook next spot. Yeah. And it's like, it, it worked a lot better than I thought it would. Cause a lot of times it'd be some, if people have got chemistry, it's a whole bunch. It's a reason stunt granny. I don't do three man shows anymore. Oh, oh, oh Cause I, yeah. I tried a couple with, he who, who he who shall not be named, and that shit went as well as you thought it would go. And they was like, "Oh, what happened?" Like they talked like eight minutes, and he's like, "How can you talk like y'all talk enough for me?" <laughs> like y'all ain't tagged in. I'm like, damn. I'm like Byron Saxton. I'm like, what's the, like early Byron Saxton? And it's like when the chemistry ain't there, that shit is awkward. It's just people either talking over each other or somebody not talking at all. Mm. Yeah, um, we're going to get up out of here. Uh, we've been in here a long time. Uh, next week, is it your movie or my movie? It's your movie. You're doing Tombstone. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We're doing Tombstone. That should be that was a That was a classic in the hood. I'm trying to figure out what hood that was. Listen, but yeah. we can go down a list of movies. No, we my, my favorite functional drunk is Doc Holliday. See? So. See? See? Yeah. You want to know what hood? Why we condone, why we condone the alcoholism? I mean, he only, he only say, and he's only he's saying that because Val Kilmer is his favorite Bruce Wayne. Val absolute. Kilmer is the best Bruce Wayne. Um, Bruce Wayne can't no goddamn lisp. Fuck out of here. Oh man, how you the world? I mean, he already has like he has a coherent sentence. Oh, like no, wait, you know what? Dent in his brain, his wait, tongue can't hang a little bit. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to keep this recording because I want to be sure people can hear this. Can you explain <laughs> why you feel Val Kilmer is the best Bruce Wayne? Because I, I think that he did the best at hiding the crazy that absolutely exists in Bruce Wayne's brain. Like, if anybody was putting on an absolute front as being Bruce Wayne, it was Val Kilmer. Um, everybody else was, like, too fucking cool. Like, George Clooney, who I feel might actually be Bruce Wayne in real life, was too cool the whole time. Like, there was no conflict in his head. Christian Bale, um, all due respect to, like, these, like, non-American actors who play American roles. He was like he, he was, was clueless, Bruce Wayne. And he I'm was like to say he was, but he was almost like smug to like a nasty point. Um Michael Keaton, I thought was good, but he was just being Michael Keaton. Like he was that's the guy in multiplicity that you saw. Um but Val Kilmer and it, credit to Chase Meridian, but he definitely seemed like conflicted and disturbed. To a point where I was like, he's like what Patrick Bateman, funny enough, played by uh, your man, uh, I just said his name. Christian Gosh, Bale. Where am I Bale. Like, played by Christian Bale. Yeah, one of the who goats. Was, who was literally conflicted the whole time he wasn't killing somebody. I thought what Val Kilmer did was closer to that. So, yeah, he's my favorite. What about the, Not the best Batman. No, no, no. We're, now you, I know you're talking about just Bruce Wayne, but what about, so how did you feel about Affleck? The little that we got. I think that not enough people know the story of the Dark Knight Returns for it to be the best. Like, I wouldn't entertain that conversation because I don't want to be that guy, oh, you didn't read X comic, so you don't get how good this is. I thought he was really good, but I, I thought that he was playing a very specific Bruce Wayne that was less universal, 
and so it didn't kind of carry the same weight to me. Okay. Uh, that's fair. Okay. I'm glad he said as all everything he said is bullshit. It's <laughs> 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 his opinion. Tell me, tell me, Tate. You ever go to the second <laughs> out here half sleep and yes, he did a good job trying to deal with her horny ass because she was trying to hump back using the damn bat signal to, to basically fuck Batman. And but no, Val Kilmer is a great actor. He was not a great Batman. He wasn't a great Bruce Wayne. And it only stands out because he wasn't boring like George Clooney was. But there's nowhere as good as Bruce Wayne as Ben Affleck and the little we got of him, who I still probably think is 1A as far as Bruce Wayne. It's still still Michael Key because it's kind of like he's... Because it's funny how they play Bruce... Because Batman animated series doesn't have Bruce Wayne like an idiot. They just have Bruce Wayne as kind of like vacuous. It's like, you Mm -hmm. know, he got money, he does stuff, but it's like, you know, he's kind of more like Ryan Reynolds... And not like Kim Kardashian or like Paris Hilton. It's yeah. like some of the some of the Batman movies just have Bruce Wayne. Like Kristen Bell, they got Bruce Wayne. Like he just a goddamn. He just spent money. He a moron. Oh, oh shit! The Joker took over a hospital. I know that. But uh, <laughs> like that part, of, like that level of dumb. Like it's it's levels of dumb they have Bruce Wayne. And I think Batman animated series kind of influences how you look at Bruce Wayne compared to all the other ones. Because like you can have Bruce Wayne. He don't have to be a genius, but he's at least competent. See, I thought I enjoyed the Bruce Wayne from Batman Begins, and that's because he was in the beginning, and you could tell he was naive. He didn't know. So I thought he did do a good job. Anybody can play origin Batman. Like, Ah, I guess. Although he stole some some fruit. That shit ain't hard. (laughs) Anybody can play, like, first Batman. Like, I don't don't think that that takes... And that's not even taken away from him, but I think being fully functioning fleshed out Batman, I think is harder. Like, I, like Val Kilmer is literally playing Michael Keaton as far as what Batman's been through, what Batman's journey is. Like, that's the same continuity. So, like, I, I like what he added to that. But, uh, yeah, the only, like, I can't even think, the only bad Batman is George Clooney. He's and it really wasn't Batman. his fault. I think that was just no, a script. He, just, he got some bullshit. Yeah, that, that was the whole, like, yeah. It was, was not written for he was him just and, smooth. Yeah, it was just smooth. It wasn't written for him and Chris O'Donnell to really have the type of dynamic that you expect from that. Chris O'Donnell wasn't confident enough to be Nightwing, which is who they dressed him as, <laughs> but he also wasn't young enough to have the right kind of conflict with yeah. uh, with Bruce Wayne, with Batman. Like, you can't have Robin out basically there both the grown men. Well, yeah, yeah, fighting over women. Like, I mean, that's not, nobody wants to see that shit. He, like, especially when they're in the same Batcave. Like, if he was like, I'm Batman Gordo, he's a little bitch guy. That's different. Well, that's all. like, I'm Robin, but I'm not Robin. And then just, just, this is the thing to talk about in the group chat. is like this propaganda that Val Kilmer is the best Bruce Wayne. And I always roll my eyes. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> How can you tell somebody's opinion is wrong even if you disagree with, with it? Yeah. I mean, it's his opinion. the hell out of me. And now, like, I reach the age. Like, you know what? I'm not going to change his mind. And I don't really need to change his mind for us to still stay friends. So yeah. I ain't smelling it, baby. Cooking, but I'm going to let him cook it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, y'all got a little something extra there. We're going to get out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you again, Cam, for your time. Uh, we out of here. Peace. Okay.